Welcome to Throne Wrenches Podcast. This is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And this is the podcast that is not afraid to play some games. Yeah, we're basking in the glow of these LED computer fans, and we must be somewhere outside of Studio A because you know I have no technology. Where are we at today? Well, we happen to be at a wonderful place in Morton, Illinois, known as Arena Esports. And why are we here? Well, it's because we've got a, a familiar voice, if you will, a friend of the, a friend of the show and a, a sponsor of the show. But that's not why he's here. I mean, we're, no. we're, we're completely... Uh, well, we're we trying to raise the ante here, because if we get a guest on three times, that means that maybe other guests, like Regan, have to show up three times, right? Yeah. Well, so, he needs to start returning your phone calls. So is, so is there enough hints to let you know that our special guest tonight is Gabe Casey of the Casey Law Office and of Arena Esports Lounge here in Morton, Illinois? Welcome, Gabe Casey, back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry we're at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> well, <laughs> not, uh, three, ti- three times in 45 episodes, I mean... Three Pete. Yeah, I mean you gotta feel you gotta feel. I, I feel very honored. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for coming down. No, we we totally appreciate your sponsorship of the show over the last couple of years. Gabe was the first sponsor, and he stayed a sponsor. Obviously, he sees that this is a, a benefit to all of his endeavors to sponsor Throne Rich's podcast. We do appreciate that. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best too, Gabe. Cause, um, yeah, because you're so honest. Yeah, he loves to just give me no ends of grief every time we we talk about it. I could call up Gabe and say, "Gabe, I need some advice about this or that," and he would still insult me personally before mm-hmm. giving me the advice. Possibly, I don't do that with everybody. I only do it with people <laughs> that I like. So right. take it as a compliment from the <laughs> bottom of my heart. What's, right. what's like Jeffrey Ross always says uh, he, on the Comedy Central roast? Yeah, on the we roast. only we only roast the ones we love. Yeah, right. So. right, yeah. right. There it is. When they stop making fun of you. That's when it's time to get out. That's what we always said, the car business. Very true, very true. Speaking of car business, we'd like to say another quick shout-out to our other sponsor, uh, Ford's Toyota of Pekin. Eric, do you want to take that? Yeah, sure. Just uh, full disclaimer, I work at Ford's Toyota of Pekin. Ta-da. Uh, Ford's Toyota Pekin is a new and used Toyota dealership in North Pekin, Illinois. They live the Toyota lifestyle. As Daryl had written it years ago, and we're going to stick with it, beautiful and functional vehicles will stand the test of time. You can't beat that. Fort's Toyota is located in North Peak, and they like to say it's 15 minutes from anywhere, and it really is. I mean, right there at 474, you're close to downtown, you're close to Morton, close to Pekin, Bartonville, just around the corner from Dunlap. Uh, come on down, take a look. The new Toyotas are going fast. I watched our newest Land Cruiser leave this week. I watched another two Siennas leave. Uh, the Tundra selection. We have the largest Tundra selection in the state right now. I was going to say, I've been not that I'm looking, but yeah. I've seen uh, quite a nice selection of Tundras on the lot. And these are kind of the last of the, the, the big ones. They are, and we're so. going to talk about that later in the show, about how selections are getting thin, and the chip shortage and COVID has all led to a situation where you may not have much opportunity. So if you're looking for a truck, now's a great time. Remember, Fort's Toyota Pekin, www.toyota-pekin.com. That's in North Pekin, Illinois. 15 minutes from anywhere. There you go. And, Gabe, um, we usually have kind of a, I, I want to say, a canned uh, copy for your uh, for your sponsorship. But Didn't I, we write that ourselves? Didn't we steal it from his website? We did. You okay. stole it from the website, and if anybody doesn't like it, that's why. Because I wrote <laughs> it <laughs> in haste, trying to do my own web development. <laughs> it's a nice website. and It's a great picture, by the way. Did your wife take that? I took that picture in downtown Peoria because I searched like a, a about copyright law. Uh, 
And I was like, I can't use any of these pictures, so I have to just go take one. So I went behind the Walmart in East Peoria and just took, took a, a picture of, of Peoria. And it's like a cloudy day, too. It's not even pretty. It looks great. It looks great. But how? I mean, I'm talking about the picture of you. Oh, also bad. Yeah. <laughs> that picture did not look like it was taken behind the Walmart. No. Okay. That's a different picture of me, and you'll never see that picture. It could have been. Have you seen some some Snapchat filters? I mean, they're doing some pretty remarkable stuff right now. Legal suit. All right. But, um, Gabe, if you want to just kind of give us a little bit of a highlight of uh, your your current endeavors, we'd love to hear it. No, yeah. I mean, I've been practicing law for almost 10 years now, and I've had my own firm for almost five. So I appreciate anybody that needs to reach out. If you have a question, uh, need help, send me an email. Uh, Like they always say, CLLPeoria or CLOMorton.com. Be happy to get back with That's you. That's KC Law Office, what the CLO stands for. Correct. Because if I say it fast and I slur it a little bit, Sclo. you can't really understand yeah. it. Yeah. And so uh, the new arena esports, again, if you want to come down and play some games in Morton, come on down. But, yeah. 309arena.com, or you can check them out on uh, the Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Is it? 309arena. 309arena. Check yeah. that out. And it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm watching all these little fans and the LEDs. And Do you ever shut these things off? Uh, I used to, Eric, but then this thing uh, called February happened. It was extremely snowy <laughs> yeah. and cold, and the business went downhill quickly, like yeah. the new starting business. So now we're mining cryptocurrency yeah. 24-7. Nice. <laughs> now, wait a second. If I, if I were to do a smash and grab and like run off of these computers, would I have your crypto vault? No. Oh, okay. Just check. Damn it. I'm sorry. He's right. thinking through. He's thinking through. I'm trying to think what I can do to you know, parlay an income. Side hustle. Yeah. Yeah, side side hustle. hustle. No, you know what? It's good advertising, too, because uh, you know, if you walk along Main Street here, you can see all the LEDs on these workstations. That kind of workstations. What are they called? Like Desktop gaming computers. stations? Gaming stations. Know. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is quite a sight to behold. Awesome, huge leatherette-type gaming chairs, the high-bucket deal. LED desks. I mean, everything here. Giant projectors on the wall. If you want to come in and play Forza, what were some of the popular games that uh, the kids are playing nowadays? Well, that's the problem. I mostly get 12-year-olds in here, so I don't think that's quite the target audience of this podcast, but I'd love to get in like a bachelor party. You know, come on in, have some beers late at night, play some games with your friends, give them a hard time. BYOB. Leisure suit, leisure suit Larry? Leisure. Uh, is that still a thing? Not actually. Insult- they actually came out with a new one just a year ago. Oh, did they really? Yeah. How's that go? The VR? I saw somebody streaming it. No, it's not VR, Eric. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> do, you have, do you have Leisure Suit Larry in VR? <laughs> Eric Stahl. No. 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 And, and by the way, we're closed. We're always closed. <laughs> now, we'll the back room is like a curtain, like when you used to go to family video years ago. Yeah. I have beads on the front door. <laughs> It's that kind of establishment. <laughs> now, I will say, like, my gaming knowledge dropped off, like, in 2002. So, like, Gran Turismo racing and stuff like that, that was kind of where I peaked, and then I stopped, I stopped buying PlayStation. I yeah. stopped, but I, Dirt, Dirt 2 was mine. That's where I stopped at. Is that Atari? Oh, shush. No, I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was Xbox. Was it? Xbox 360, yeah. I, don't, I, I never had an Xbox, so I don't know. Um, what are what are some of the the, the car racing themed games now that are decent? I mean, everybody talks about Forza, is, and uh, but there are other ones out there where you can like make your own cars and just go crazy with all kinds of config, right? I mean, honestly, I haven't had as much time to game as I'd like to. Forza is the big one, you know, and yeah. there are still dirt games. I think Dirt Four was the last one I saw. They might have a new one out now, but gotcha. You have a computer gaming salon or studio, whatever you want to call it, and you don't play enough games anymore. Correct. Does it uh, when you do your hobby as a job? Does it ruin your hobby? 
Yes and no. Okay. Yeah, but it's more. It's just more of a time constraint. I mean, my kids will come down here and play games at night for an hour yeah. here and there. You know, I'll hang out and try to play some stuff. But it's just more. What are you going to do with your free time? Yeah. You know, we've got all these polls. We've got families. We've got. I've got three jobs. You know, yeah. I'm an attorney. I have this business, and I teach at ISU, which a lot of people don't know. Oh. No, I don't know that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Basket weaving underwater. I am an in, uh, instructional assistant professor. Oh. Of of legal studies, nice. so I teach contracts courses and litigation courses uh, about one a year. Awesome. I tease him because I love him. Okay, that's so. right. That's right. Well, see, it goes both ways. Yeah. Thank you for for welcoming us into your 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 fine establishment here. I definitely want to get a, more of a tour and take some pictures here for the for the post. But yeah. uh, meanwhile, uh, we also want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon followers and 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 our members who. Also help make the program possible. Uh, the pre-show, hopefully, you get a treat. It's a little long this time, but we had some laughs. It was an hour and fifteen minutes, and if you didn't know Christian Bale before it, yeah. you know <laughs> you know him now. Okay, you know everything. And, about And I'm him. not sure if you're aware of this or not, but Charo sold hot dogs, so that was part of the show, wasn't it? That it was. Yeah. We talked a fair amount about that. Yeah. For no good reason. Yeah. Um, feedback. Don't really have any feedback. We did get some stickers mailed out to some folks who left us reviews, and we appreciate your patience. We were kind of busy here with work and whatnot, so mm-hmm. we got those in the mail, and they are the uh, the cool old school ones. We have some new stickers on the way, and should be able to bring those out to uh, Central Illinois Cars and Coffee here this weekend. I won't be there. Somebody's uh, got to work. Wah, yes. Wah. Somebody's yeah, got to work. I said work Saturday. Why don't you bring a race car out and just say how hey, you're doing some marketing? Yeah, but, can't do it. Sorry, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm always marketing. Uh, but uh, getting back to that whole thing, that the new stickers you're talking about. Just we're doing the Nate Sosa stickers. The Nate Sosa, okay? Because we, old, cause we talked about on the pre-show maybe doing Daryl is my co-driver. Is that is that what we're talking about? Oh, Daryl is my co-pilot. Yeah, Daryl's my co-pilot. Terrible. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm I'm thinking. Gabe said he might front this. I mean, sticker mule. I can get you know twenty stickers for ten bucks. Yeah, you know. I mean, I want five, so we're gonna have to order more than that. <laughs> At twenty bucks between the two of you guys. No, I, I don't know if that's a great idea, but um, run with it. Feel free. We'll, yeah. we'll let the focus panel see what yeah. see what they say. <laughs> now, getting back to the feedback, also, I looked for more iTunes reviews before we started the show tonight. There were none, but somehow that review that was two stars disappeared. So all I know is that my tongue lashing on the last episode apparently worked because somebody either changed their review or they deleted it completely or. Tim Cook was listening to the show and said, you know what? That doesn't sound like a fair review. And maybe he expunged it. <laughs> I like these guys. <laughs> I'm going to delete that review because I'm sure that's exactly what well, happens. Well, I mean, I, it's, it's a hypothesis, mm-hmm. but it could be based on fact. I mean, it did happen. Did we gain any other reviews? No, we gained nothing. All right. So they, I, I tried. So please, if you want a sticker, write a review. If you think we're a great show, write a review. If you think that we suck, write a review. Yeah, we It'd love it. It'd be that. fun. We'd like to read it. Yeah, we do. We, yeah. We, we, and, of course, if you have any comments, feedback for Gabe, uh, being this his third episode, yes. uh, we, we love to hear from him. He loves our, criticism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fe- <laughs> He's totally silent over his <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, He's like, I don't listen to that. You know, so normally we talk about ourselves. We do a, about the hosts, and it's kind of a fun game where I, I poke fun at Daryl, and Daryl pokes fun at me. But tonight, Gabe Casey got in on it. This is a first, a co-host getting in on this thing. So... Gabe, you wrote Daryl's intro? Yeah, I was going to write both your intros. I was just going to help out, pitch in. Can you you tell us about Daryl Scott? Daryl Scott. While he may sound like an elder statesman, both due to his commanding vocal presence and the depth of his knowledge in all things past, he's the youth of this podcast crew. (laughs) That means Eric's old. (laughs) The only thing he forgets is how many vehicles he currently owns, but his wife doesn't. (laughs) Will the herd be cold or simply grow in a covert location? Do vehicles even count if they're not running? (laughs) These are the big questions to which Daryl Scott seeks answers to. 
and then parentheses, I just had to highlight this. It says, you don't have to use my intro. <laughs> well, oh, mean, we're using that intro. I want somebody to come in and run rough shot, right? I no, mean, no, this no. isn't my podcast. I love coming in here Technically, and talking it, with you guys. You, it is. You've spent the most money on this podcast. This, oh, my it, goodness. This, this is your podcast. I own this podcast. This is, yes. this is yours. <laughs> this is your hollow ground. Do with it what you will. <laughs> Thank you, Gabe. I appreciate that. Uh, I, uh, nine, nine currently, and only eight run. The one doesn't. So I guess that's those aren't too bad odds, but I'm going to start sh- moving stuff to covert locations, though. So very, very good point. Um, for my co-host here on the other side of the table, in another life, my co-host would have been a spirit guide. And we're not talking about the kind of spirits that you find in New York City libraries and require the Ghostbusters to come in and intervene. But we're talking about the other kind of spirits here, whether it's a cask-aged bourbon or a good half-pound burger. This guy knows which Illinois towns carry the finest food and spirits. Just ask him about his latest journey, and he'll give you the directions to where to go. He's Mr. Eric Stahl. Well, thank you. And we'll talk about that maybe a little bit in projects, because you know, mm-hmm. one, of my, one of my projects is just not staying home, right, Gabe? I thought it was drinking, but okay. No, whoa, whoa. No, the, that's not... The Three Stooges always said, you know, let's go places and eat things. And oh, I'm, did and they? Like, yeah, that was a thing. Like, in one yeah. of the episodes, it was, let's go places and eat things. And my dad and I were like... That's the greatest. Yeah, that's all we why, really like doing. Why didn't we just make the name of our show that? We should have. That's S- that's not SEO friendly. That's a problem. Yeah, that's true. Hey, if you don't know our third wheel tonight, Gabe Casey, let me tell you about him. If you fought the law and you lost, well, that's because you didn't have the talent and skills of our longtime legal eagle consultant backing your case. He's got a love for old Land Cruisers and the law. If you have trouble <laughs> with either of those, we recommend he be your first consult. Did we mention he might be doing more consults on an Oculus Rift in the future? <laughs> Eric, be... what's an Oculus Rift? Do you I, even know? I just, I, uh, <laughs> Oculus has like a couple things, but the, in the Rift, like one of the versions of the headsets? Yeah, it's, it's the virtual reality. All right, thank you. See, I knew what I was talking about. I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. You Googled yeah, it. Yeah, I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. I put one on a while back. I stood on that little thing off the side of a skyscraper, and I like got really, really scared. So I'm not walking out there. Which is so stupid, but I still was scared. I don't know. I know it's not real. Is, I, it, is it uh, Oculus? Is it, like eyes, ocular, right? Yeah, like huh? correct. I don't know what the Rift thing is. I mean, is yeah, what's the Rift? Different versions of Oculus. No, I think uh, they're all the Rift. They're all Rift. Okay, yeah, all right. the Griff, Rift, and the Shift. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> they have the Quest. Maybe they have the Quest. I think there's a Quest too. Anyway, what's Google Cardboard? What the hell is that? Can we just talk about that for a second? Or you like make your own out of a cardboard yeah. thing? Yeah. You use your phone and you're like, well, no. Didn't Nintendo have like a like a package of cardboard where you could like make a backpack and make like arms that like did things? That... Yeah, they have like Nintendo creator packs now. Yeah. I, have, I don't know anything about them, but I've seen them. I think you, as a game guy, you probably should be the expert on a game. I don't think I'm anybody t- I mean, should be an expert on It's not in your Nintendo intro cardboard. that you're a game <laughs> expert, but you know. He <laughs> probably knows more about the law than he does games. I don't know. It's the next big thing. Anyway. Hey, thanks for listening and please share this on Facebook and all the other social media sites i even shared this on linkedin twice last month i don't even know why i did that i think one day i didn't realize i'd shared it but i i found completely different reasons to share it twice interesting yeah so and i got extra likes so i'm sure that helped um this is on your personal linkedin right yes yes okay, yes. Okay. you know twitter facebook instagram you name it uh share it let everybody know how much you love the show Again, iTunes reviews, we need them. We need all the reviews you can get. I don't even know if you can do a Spotify review, but if you can, please do. Also, there's thousands of gearheads out there in the Peoria area and around Mm. the country. If you know anybody who might be interested in being on the show who lives locally, we're not doing remote interviews right now, but if there's somebody in the Peoria area who might want to sit down and tell us a story, 
um, or have something interesting going on, we'd love to hear it and possibly get in touch. Let us know. Yep. Info at throwingwrenches.com. It goes to either Eric or myself, and then uh, we usually pass it around and make funny jokes, and then one of us <laughs> replies to it. So <laughs> We did reach out to a couple new people this last week, and uh, we still have ongoing conversations happening. So there'll be some interesting interviews, I think, this summer happening once COVID frees up people aren't scared to talk. Yeah, I hope so. All right, so speaking of freeing things up, uh, I know it's been a week since we last talked, but I know it's been a busy week. So what have you been up to in terms of projects around the, the, the stall ranch? You want me to to take up my normal 20 minutes of the show here? Well, I mean, you could give us the, the five minutes. <laughs> Is it only 20 minutes? It feels <laughs> like more. That's the worst part. I always feel like when I do the, the, the production on the show later on, and I'm like, oh, my God, I talk about so much stuff in the project. It's fine. We don't have a stopwatch. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Stock and Time field. him, Gabe. <laughs> stock and, and field's go. going out of business. And, uh, <laughs> of course, my wife, we made our fourth or fifth pass at the store now in the last month. She just can't stop going in there because she wants beet pulp. She wants these feeder blocks for the horses, and she's just trying to get all these discounts. Well, I found myself in the automotive section, and I found these little LED lights with a little uh, uh, switch on them. And uh, two LED strips and the door switch so you can, like, put them somewhere. I think I can put them on my cooler. I can do anything I want. It comes with a little battery pack, too. Oh, nice. So that might be my next little fun project. Is Hot Rod the Yeti cooler? Yeah, or? I think so. Yeah, I think it might not? be kind of cool. So. Put some NOS on it. <laughs> <laughs> but how cool would that be to crack the cooler and the lights just come on? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like a, it's like bed lights in a truck. Yeah. And all oh. of a sudden, yeah I'm kind of excited about it. So anyway, that's that'll be my big project coming up. Now, I did uh, just... Get, Get something in Cars of the Week. We'll talk more about that project coming up. All right. I'm excited. Uh, and per the intro, uh, I am not a big spirits guy, but I did find myself down in Effingham this last weekend. Uh, thanks to some friends, they had a reason to go down. They said, hey, let's make a road trip of it. So uh, three couples, not geriatric, as pointed out by some people on my Instagram <laughs> or Facebook. Uh, who got who to would get, say that? I don't know who would sit, call me old or say, who are these oldies? You know, as, he, as he was secretly throwing bombs that he wanted to maybe go with us. Well, what yeah. did I get invited? Thanks for the invite. Because you're too young, that's why. Ooh, you might get carded everywhere we go. Anyway. <laughs> How long has it been since you've been carded, Eric? I beg for it anymore. <laughs> Please just I got my mask idea. on. You can't see how old I am. I can see the crow's feet. Anyway. Oh, Are those liver spots? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just give me the drink. Definitely. Too much time out in the desert, man. Uh, anyway, look out to Effingham. <laughs> Jeepers, bro. Effingham, Illinois. Yeah. Effingham. And if you know the, uh, the Way to Normal album from Ben Folds, you might even know the song Effington, which uh, Ben Folds wrote as he was driving through Effingham. And so that became a longtime joke through the whole day. Uh, this effing this, this effing that. And that's according to that Ben Folds song. But... Effingham is a cool little town, and I would have never guessed it. It's right at the intersection huh. of Interstate 72, which goes from Indianapolis to St. Louis, and U.S. Fit, or sorry, Interstate 57, which goes from Champaign down to Memphis, I believe. Does it go all the way to Memphis? Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's a. Or is, no, that's 55. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Paducah, but I think Paducah turns to 24. Somewhere in southern Illinois, 57 kind of dies somewhere. Anyway. It's a town of 12,000 people. This town has no interest being as cool as it is. I look at Pekin as, as a town that, that could maintain all the businesses that, that are going on here in Effingham. We went to Village Liquors, and I'm not a whiskey person, but they had a whole whiskey set up at a whiskey bar. We tried some whiskeys. Went to the Firefly Grill, which is a, it, it would equate to anything in Peoria Heights or the Harvest Cafe back in the day in its heyday. It was a wonderful restaurant. Uh, great food, farm to table, great atmosphere. 
it was amazing. And, you know, it wasn't that bad a price for anything. Yeah, the pictures looked great. I, I, when you sent me pictures and said, you know, hey, I'm in Effingham this weekend, I yeah. was like, are you really in Champaign? Because that looks like, it looks like cool yeah. Champagne yeah. kind of hipster. Way better, way better. And it's two hours south of Champagne. And then we ended up at Effing Brew, which is, I, I really do feel like they riffed off the Ben Fold song. Uh, and Effing Brew, I talked to the bartender, the owner and the brewer there. He said they're 25% up for the year. He said they've been doing banging business during COVID. He said it's been amazing. So um, great town. Unfortunately, you know, it's two and a half hours from home, maybe, maybe three hours from home. And, um, Fortunately, we had a DD, so we did we did some uh, helps. whiskey tasting. And my wife doesn't drink, so this this worked out great. Now she did say at the end of the day that it kind of was a sucky day for her because she got to watch all of us have fun and there wasn't enough to do because of COVID. A lot of stuff is closed, antique stores and stuff like that that she wanted mm-hmm. to go to. So yeah. anyway, uh, then we went to Decatur, went to Taproot, went up to Clinton, went down to Two Door Brewing, and just a great day. But had a great time. So um, support your local brewery. Yeah, and businesses that's yeah. good yeah exactly shop local eat local i you know the firefly grill said it was their first weekend open outside of carryout since covid and okay. they were thrilled to have people in there the, all the wait staff and the, and everybody's sure. like oh thank you for coming in i mean yeah. literally probably had five people stop by our table thanking us for coming out for for lunch so um that's great i'm glad you got a chance to get away yeah the other project uh my side by side which wasn't running got stranded while i was in arizona my wife calls me um, as I'm in the middle of the desert, it says, the four-wheeler's stuck in the middle of the pasture. I'm like, oh, Uh-oh. great. So then she takes a picture of a broken axle boot and says, this isn't spinning. I'm like, oh, great, the CV joint. I don't, I don't even know how the four-wheeler's set up. The engine's in the back. It's got a Subaru motor, and there's a four-wheel drive. I don't know where the transfer case. I don't know anything. But what she sends me a picture of, I'm like, that's a broken drive shaft. It's probably what she sent me a picture of. So I get home. And I look, I, I can't tell because I can't get a run. It won't start. And I'm like, do you put some bad gas in this thing? No. Okay, let's sit for a day. Put on the battery charger. Still won't start. Uh, go get a new battery at Farm Fleet. Now it turns over. It cranks like a big dog. Nothing. Pull the plug. Soaking wet. Covered in black hmm. just oil. And uh, cleaned them with the, the Dremel. Tried to do everything I've done in the past on those things. Put them back in. Still won't start. I'm like, well, I'm going to go buy new plugs anyway. They're, maybe they're fouled. And I bought new plugs, Farm Fleet, $7 a pop for, you know, four-wheeler plugs, whatever. I'm not complaining. You should have seen the guy in the, in the aisle. He's like, they don't have any of the plugs I want, and they used to be a buck. You know, and I'm like, I don't, I'm paying for these two plugs for 7 bucks. I don't care, dude. Yeah. 14 bucks. if I do it myself, I'm out of here. Yeah. I get home, put the new plugs in. That sucker, just like that, fired up. Nice. It was crazy. I'm like, well, I guess I can't. I mean, I was literally so close to just accusing my son of putting diesel in this thing. Oh. I, I smelled I'm like something didn't smell right and I'm like what did he do who put gas in his like, I don't know what we did I'm like you know of course I'm accusing everybody other than right. the fact that it's just a piece of chunk it's, it's, it's a clapped out <laughs> POS <laughs> so I got to go and drive shaft's fine what I think she did though I think she smoked the, it's got a centrifugal clutch and she was hauling a bunch of manure or something like that in it for the horses might have just been overloaded I think so I think she's I remember years ago with my Tacoma I smoked the clutch and uh Dude, there's nothing like that smell. That's that's a terrible smell. Yeah, yeah. Got the truck so loaded up, and it just yeah. And then, yeah, what's that? Oh, that's not good. <laughs> that's that's a bad. But smell. But she doesn't know that smell, so she doesn't know. So now I'm thinking, well, you know what? It might be time to sell it. I was gonna say, <laughs> might be might be a for sale sign in it pretty soon. Exactly. How much? <laughs> I don't think. I, honestly, though, we talked about it. I don't think we're gonna sell it. I, I think. Uh, the way things are going right now, for how much those things cost, those side by sides and just utility trailers, even if I have to spend 
I, I think I can do a centrifugal clutch myself. I don't think it should be a big deal and replace the belt. So if I, even if I spent 500 bucks, it's still worth it. So that's the thing anymore. If it's something that's not a total piece of junk and yeah. it just needs some TLC, yeah. it's probably better to do that. Yeah. Uh, especially with the future being what it is with parts availability, supply yeah. and just the cost. Nothing is cheap anymore. If you go to buy a decent mower for your house, like a push mower, you're talking three, four hundred bucks. Oh, seriously? Yeah, I'm, I remember when you could go to Walmart and get one for you know Murray for like a hundred dollars. The True the Value Lawn Chief. Yeah, was and, it yeah. good though, Daryl? I'll tell you what. So you I, just a Briggs and Stratton back. Yeah, yeah. It would. I mean, it doesn't have the bagger and all the nice stuff. But when I was 23, all I needed is I need this to cut grass. I don't need it to cut grass and mulch and pick up after me and do all this. Like, I just need something to cut grass. Do you think the people who owned the green lawn boys when we were kids all bought Priuses when they came out? I think so. Okay, just check. <laughs> some, of that is, some of that is guilt for how horrendously polluting those things were. That two-stroke gave me carpal tunnel. <laughs> yeah, all the vibration. Yeah. Yeah, your knuckles, everything kind of like swells up because it's like it just rattled. You literally all the... keep shaking after you're done mowing <laughs> for about 20 minutes. But the funny thing is, I remember my grandparents bought one in like the late 60s, and when they when they sold their house, it kind of like just went with the house, and the thing still worked. <laughs> yeah, it's there was nothing there was a loyalty to those things, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, funny. My grandpa's like, yeah, every couple of years I got to put a primer bulb in it, but that's it. Sharpen the blade. That's it. <laughs> like for 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> And now, I mean, I've gone through Husqvarna's, I've gone through Aaron's, like, I've gone through stuff for four or five years tops. Yeah. And stuff smokes. Now, one of them was because I hit, uh, <laughs> I ran over a, 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 a water shutoff valve and bent the shaft of the motor, so. When I was a was kid, on. the flywheel key used to shear just like that. Do they just make them out of steel now or just say, screw the flywheel key, we're just going to ruin the whole motor? Because... Even every time a kid touches anything, the blades bend. Just messed up. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What happened? There should be a sacrificial, yeah, a little yeah. key. That's, what, that's the way it used to be. Well, the good back, old days. Back, back when I was a kid. Day. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so, yeah, anyway, Daryl, that's enough about me. What's going on in the Scott garage? All right. Well, in it's... the Museum of North Peoria. That's right. That's right. It's, uh, it's tool time. It's tool time. I finally, you know, talking about tuning things up, uh, my 55 Plymouth, I bought all the tune-up stuff to do a full tune-up on that car when I bought it in 2016 because it still has the original plug wires, still the original plugs in it, the auto light plugs. It was ridiculous. It ran fine, but I'm like, oh, I know this thing it needs a tune-up because, you know, I'm sure there's more horsepower I can unlock with oh, the yeah. flathead the 230. Beast. Yeah. Uh, but I wound up getting all that stuff, and then I saw, like, the plug wires go through this wire loom that you actually have to, like, fabricate. You have to sneak the wire through and then terminate it. So it's like little tiny holes with little grommets that oh. keep... Yeah, it's weird. And they go over the motor. It's probably so it doesn't hit the exhaust manifold and burn up. But I... So I bought new, correct reproduction, lacquered, cloth-braided <laughs> wires. And they came with the one end terminated. The other end, I'm like, oh, I just have to crimp those. Well, no, you need a special spark plug crimper and the, you know, the, the boots and all that crap. So I bought all the stuff, cap rotor plugs, wires... Uh, you know, everything. And the only thing I did was I put new plugs in it. That's it. And because I'm like, oh, I have to buy a crimper tool. That's like another 100 bucks. Screw that. Well, at that point, I spent like 200 bucks at Vacuum Advance. All this stuff I was going to do to it, it's been sitting in a tote for however many years it's been now, five years. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it doesn't even, I probably wouldn't even tell it's running that much better if I did it. Anyways, well, the last couple seasons I've had it out, like at night. If I'm in there, like, checking the oil or doing something, I got the hood up at night, you can see, like, little blue flashes of <laughs> arcs. Uh. And I'm like, 
Yeah, and one of the one of the wires actually fell off. Uh, the number one. <laughs> it's like cylinder. a Stephen King novel. Something's going on out there. It was a little scary. Yeah. So like, I was coming home from something. I think I was getting dinner one night in it, and I was coming home, and all of a sudden it's it's, it's hitting on five instead of six cylinders, and I'm like, oh crap, you know what's this? Well, did, you, did your car only tell you that? No, no, it didn't. It didn't. My, my, my foot did when I started dropping like 20 mile an hour going up a hill. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to order this damn tool. So I did. And uh, to come to find out, I, you can get one on Amazon for like 60 bucks. But the thing, the, the, the moral of that story is, is this. Like if you're one of those guys who's like, oh, I'm going to just borrow a tool from a friend or I'll do this. Or just at this point in your life, buy the damn tool. Even if it's something you're just, you're just going to use it once. You could put it on Facebook Marketplace, use it for what you need, and sell it. You know, sell it for five bucks or something like that. And I'm, I refuse to do any of the AutoZone loan the tool out type of situation. I hate that because every type of tool I bought, I, I brought a ball joint press one time, and the threads were all stripped and jacked up on the thing because somebody, you know, everybody that uses oh, it, it returns it broken. Yeah, it's all yeah. broken. And then the guy who checks in doesn't know what he's looking at. No, it's like yeah, I think this is complete. And you go there and there's like one socket yeah. missing. And you're like, cool, great, just buy the tool. I'm talking like, you know, the double flare kits or the brake tools or anything you're going to use. If you're going to use it more than once, even if you just use it once, just buy the damn thing and then sell it or loan it out. And uh, don't be stupid like me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so this year is the year that the Plymouth gets tuned up. So, man, you got, I mean, you got your projects going and you're actually spending some money on them. So what you're saying is you guys won't be taking a vacation this year. Probably not. Okay, sure. Probably, probably not. <laughs> Where would you go? Where, yeah, I was going to say, we did Disney the month before, or the two that's weeks before right, COVID. That's right. So I'm like, uh, that's probably the last time I'm going to you Disney were, World. You were down there like the same time my daughter was two years ago. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, March 8th or whatever that was. So, yeah, it was fun. But that's what's going on in, in my neck of the woods. And, and Gabe, here across the river in beautiful, beautiful Morton, Illinois, what have you been working on in the, uh, in the Casey garage? Uh, it's, it's been a good spring. Uh, miracles do happen. I actually parked three cars in my three-car garage for about four days. When, so that was nice. Has that ever happened before? Uh, not since I moved in, no. Really? Not really. Okay. I had like a FJ40 just shoved in there, but those are very small. So you can put a lot of stuff behind yeah, there, right? Yeah, mower and everything else yeah, exactly. right there. Exactly. Yeah. Now I have two mowers, but let's not get into that. Whoa. You got mowers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any of them lawn boys? No. Right. John Deere's. They keep running. I don't have to replace them every five years. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But no, we... Uh, you guys talked in, in length without me about the HJ61 debacle, and Daryl came over one day Did to we? help me. Do we, we talk about your ears, Vernon? No. Maybe. No. I you just said like, you wow. kind of get a, a little thrill when we talk about you and just, you know, in general. I just feel like, why am I not there? Okay. Which is why it's, it's nice to be included because, you know, it's always like, oh, what would the lawyer say about that? Well, you have a lawyer. Okay. <laughs> you have a guy we should, we should just put you on speaker. Right. Time. Okay. All right. Just Dial have me on a conference call. Yeah. Yeah. Can I unmute you now, Gabe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so for folks who are, are just tuning in, what uh, what's the HJ uh, Land Cruiser you have? So it's a 1988 uh, Japanese imported, so JDM, right-hand mm-hmm. drive, five-speed manual, turbo diesel Land Cruiser. 2.5 inline six, uh, something like that? Yeah, something with, like that. With the high boy roof. Yeah. Yeah, and what's different about yours is not, if everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's a right-hand drive Land Cruiser, it's a little bit different, right? This is not a model that was imported here in the States, correct? No, yeah, you couldn't get it here. So, I mean, you had the 60 series here, the 62 series here, um, but the high roof uh, and the actual, you never got a manual in the States either. You could only get the automatic was my understanding. Oh, wow. So all the, they had like a four-speed manual, mm-hmm. but not the five-speed, which is the best at the H55F. Yeah, the people would mod later. There would be something they'd change out on to get the five-speed. Absolutely, because yeah. it's a great transmission. It's a great driveline. Um, but, no, it's been sitting all winter, which was fine because I had extended-use antique plates on it. So you're not technically supposed to drive it from November till April. 
even though I've had it out for like three weeks here and nobody bats an eye, right. <laughs> which is nice. Right. Um, but no, we had starter issues and Daryl came over one day and he was helping out. And then, uh, Eric and Aiden stopped by and they watched Daryl and me work for an hour or so. They assisted. They assisted. I think Aiden did do something. I yeah. think I made him do hold something. <laughs> hold the light. <laughs> Here, hold the flashlight. So I can tell you how you're holding it wrong and I can't see. <laughs> Classic Sh- dad move. Shine it in Gabe's face. That's yeah. all you have to do the whole time. But it was fun. I mean, we were over there and I thought, oh, you just the starter, it wouldn't start. We simple, you know, starter had some some miles on it. So I had yeah. already rebuilt the starter. Mm-hmm. So I'd already pulled it. I took it down to Creep Core, had a guy rebuild it. It looked beautiful when it came out. Did. And I'd put it back in, and it wasn't working. So Daryl came out. You know, we were going through connections. We were going through everything. Relay. We, 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 we went through everything except. But what didn't we do, Daryl? We didn't check the connections at the battery terminals. It seems so stupid. <laughs> in hindsight, yes, it does. But that was, I remember, like, that was always the, 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 the first thing. If, no star condition, no matter what. Start with the battery, work your way forward. Right. But that's got two batteries. 24 volts. 24 volt in series, right. So, so I'm, I'm looking at that going, oh, those look good. Oh, well. Like, they're not that old, and they got 13-ish volts. That should, that should start. No, they were almost brand new batteries, actually. But So I, I actually had an electrical engineer out to help me. And what does he say? Well, let's just start wiggling stuff, and if it's loose, let's tighten it down. <laughs> Smart man. Yeah, but so we got stuff tightened down. It did try to fire, but the uh, positive terminal started arcing right away, which had originally melted the positive terminal, which was part of our issue. So the starter had seized up from the solenoid. It had fired back up the line, and it had melted the positive terminal. So I had replaced that. A couple things weren't tight enough, but once you tighten them down, it still didn't really solve the problem. We went out, bought a $7 terminal. I guess everything costs $7 now. <laughs> <laughs> 7 bucks. Everything used to be $1.25. It's now $7, right? Yeah. Don't, don't get them started money. on spark plugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and runs like a champ. So I've been out enjoying that. It's been nice to have it back. Um, but at okay. least I was right. It was electrical in nature. You know, engine's fine. Everything else is good. That's great. Yeah. The, the back doors on that Land Cruiser, are they swing out or is it the tailgate? No, it's a tailgate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Could you get them in like the barn doors? You could. Yeah. I didn't know with that ambulance top if you could get the if that had the. I don't think it ever came in that configuration. No. No. From from Japan. Okay. I mean, so, you could probably get one in the states and a sixty or sixty two with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but even like sixty series stuff, I, you're not seeing those pop up. Ever since we talked on your last show, uh, Eric, we're, we're, you I think had a thing for an eighty series, yeah, like a ninety three yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Now, and I swear to God, all my eBay searches, it's like items you might be interested in. It's all eighty series Land Cruisers. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I might be interested in those, but the sixty series you don't see too too often. They're here. D- they're starting to go for rich money again. Are I, they? I thought it was going to fade. And no, they it, really it, popped off about I, a year ago. I think inflation just keeps just keep driving on. I think people are investing their money in these kind of cars, and they can sit on them now. It's as good as the market, I yeah. think. Yeah, and I've heard that from people who have played the stock market and got yeah. burned. They're like, yeah. you know, I'd r- much rather go and buy the next big thing. Guys that made tons of money with muscle cars, and then like early like Datsun Z cars, yeah. and kind of early Datsun 510s for a while, early 70s Japanese imports were hot. Now it seems like it's the mid-80s to early 90s stuff that's really starting to pop. Mazda RX-7s, like that fourth gen or whatever, that kind of cool 90s ones. I've seen some twin turbo ones go for crazy. I saw money. a yellow one cruise through 20, on 29 and, and peaking that day. had a, a ski rack or a bike rack on the roof. I'm like, that car's so hot. I know, <laughs> still, to this day. 
So well, that's cool. So what's the plans next? Uh, I mean, with with the Land Cruiser, just drive, enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have it parked out front of the business sometimes, and it can be fun or bad. I have somebody come in like, "Oh man, is that for sale?" Like, there's no for sale sign in it, but somebody will still come in. I'll tell him what it, and he knew what it was. He wasn't like, "Oh, you want five grand for that?" Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then I told him, you know, this is what I tried to sell it for when I did try to sell it. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe my boss could afford it. <laughs> yeah. That's the response I get. Yeah. But you said too, people sometimes give you weird because it's right hand drive. Do people give you? weird looks or oh absolutely and and you have to have unique driving styles sometimes too so i mean i i came out of work the other night and i'm starting it up and i'm getting in and some guy's slumbering down the street left and right you know not in the straight line and he just yells hey and i'm i'm getting in i'm starting the vehicle and are you from London? I'm like, what? <laughs> Good day to you, governor. It's like, you're on the wrong side. I'm like, okay, great. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you get unique stuff when you have a unique vehicle. I get that, but I've never experienced that. I've, I've experienced people being like, oh, that's a cool, you know, vehicle. Tell me about it. You know, yeah. is it hard driving on the right side? You get that every time. But the fun part is when we have COVID now, so you can't go into fast food places to order fast food. So I rolled up to Taco Bell the other night oh, in my right-hand drive vehicle without a passenger <laughs> And there was nobody in the drive-thru, and I, I, tried, I parked and I tried to go in, but they weren't open. So I said, uh, well, whatever, Effingham it. So yeah. I just went in in reverse. <laughs> I was going to say you backed through it? I backed through the drive-thru yeah, in not? reverse. No, you did not. I did, 100% right you here in You psycho. You're a complete s- psycho. I could see him do that, too. Oh, and God. You couldn't just reach over. You got power windows. You could, it's too far. It's too big. I would they, have to they, put up the they, parking brake. They have get like a bucket. It. They put your Taco Bell bag in. They just slide it over in that bucket. They do. It's yeah. and that by Come the way, on. that whole thing is weird. Yeah, it is. They the whole... put out the credit card reader. You have to shove your own credit card in. They have two windows. Yeah. My whole life, I haven't lived always in Morton, but I've always been a Morton guy. I have never before COVID seen the first drive-through window at Taco Bell open, but it's been open since COVID. I, I remember mm-hmm. back when I was younger and I used to eat Taco Bell. I remember the first, and it used to have the timer on it. Remember the timer? <laughs> right, when you tell you how yeah. long you're waiting. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the best. Yeah. yeah. Until some kid spray you, paint. What you need is some of those like handy handy claws. Oh yeah, like so, the, like the, the, so the dinosaur grip. mouth. You can grip, grip your credit card. <laughs> I'm getting you some. I like that idea. Yeah, no, but I, I rolled in backwards, and I, I blew the teenager's uh, mind ridiculous. that was working the drive-thru. She just started screaming, what? Literally didn't, like, say, this is how much it is or anything. Started screaming, what? Why didn't you put what? the GoPro in the passenger seat just filming? I don't own a GoPro. I should have recorded it in okay, hindsight. So, next so this time, is a million-hit video. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm going to sit in the back and just video and it. And just film it. Yeah. So this, she's, is, this is my buddy Gabe. We're going to go through, and we're going to freak these people out of Taco Bell. <laughs> Hang on to your wigs and keys. <laughs> anyway. So I had a friend, too. He's like, oh, you did that? I want to go the next time you do it. And I'm like, no, you can't do it with the passenger because then I just go in regular. And no, you we're going to sit in the back stuff. seat. We're all going to sit in the back seat and watch the whole thing. <laughs> That's going to be so weird. Dude, this would be the great. This would be like an amusement park ride. You could charge admission for this. The entrepreneur, Eric Stahl. Yeah. No, yeah. no, you're yeah. the entrepreneur. I'm, but just, no, I'm, the idea, I'm the idea guy. He is. He Went is. to go grab her. Can I take a picture? Sure. She ran off. Some other girl had to ring me up, but that was an experience. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, since then, I... It's been great. It's have a, a couple clunks in the, the driver's side wheel well. We'll see what happens. But, you know, it's an 88. Yeah. You're going to have things to fix on it. But I love it. Hopefully I'll keep it a long time. The kids love it. It's a cool rig. I remember seeing it. Uh, well, I saw it at your place last year, but then also Cars and Coffee. I think you brought it out a few times last season or maybe the year before. I don't know. Yeah, remember. it's been out just two or three times in a couple years. A yeah. uh, guy who owned it before me, one of my best friends, never really took it out. So It's a treat. It's a treat. I love yeah. that stuff. Here we go. He, he brings out. The Land Cruiser, I'll bring out my Supra, and we'll have like a row of uh, Toyotas from the, uh, the early 90s, late 80s, right? I dig it. Perfect. Yeah. I dig it. What else? Yeah. You got a John Deere in here. What's that? This is yeah, tractor so I, talk or what? Well, I mean, you had a tractor. I've well, a well, well I haven't talked about tractors yet. Yeah, Not okay. yet. He's got a tractor. Guys. That was a, <laughs> that Spoiler was a pre- alert. Pre-show. 
That was the pre-show. Had to tune in. You had to be Patreon to hear about the tractor. Sorry. Yeah, Just and I, I want to stop at Patreon first. Okay. Yeah. I'm not as old as some of the people in this room, but sure. I, I don't get Patreon. <laughs> I know you subscribe and you get more content, but I haven't done it yet, and I should. You should. Can you tell me how easy it is? Because I feel like it's difficult, and I haven't done it. Uh, well, first off, you can go to throwingwrenches.com. That's throwing without the G wrenches.com and then click in the upper right hand corner of the patreon link it'll take you right to our patreon feed gabe i'm doing it thanks tonight. for thank you for that thank you, you. i am yeah. but you, that was a serious question <laughs> honestly no it does because it does sound uh i don't know like science fictiony like patreon yeah you know it's mm-hmm. like this mysterious thing all it means is you throw a few bucks our way and you know you get yeah some i mean we don't do a paywall the show's free we have sponsors to take care of that for us thank you sponsor yes. but uh but the patreon thing is just you know what i the Patreon show to me is the show I think we could do and be like about everything, but I don't think people want to tune in to hear us talk about Christian Bale or probably know, not or tractors or may, something I like mean, that. But but know. if you're into if you're into Daryl and I's groove and you want to hear about us talk about everything, then sign up to the Patreon feed. Yeah, we let it all hang out literally there because <laughs> we're it's just, not video though. No, 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 no. no. We're just anyways. Uh, okay, so any other project related nonsense going on, or are we? Ready to move to our next segment. Let's kick are, it are, are you ready to go? All right. He still had a few more things he could talk about, but I think it was just going to be insulting. Yeah, we can, we can talk about fun. that at Cars of the Week, maybe. Right. We, can, we can work that in because that's an ongoing thing. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe is actually actively looking at – it's not a virtual Cars actively. of the Week. Oh, my God. This is, this is the thing. Every night when I log on to my phone, there's 50 messages and about 38 <laughs> cars have been posted, shared between them. I mean, we're talking about that Jaguar has a V12 in it. That yeah. should be a night, right there. It that should did. be enough to run away. But I get it for sixty eight hundred dollars, you know. And then he'll, sounds he'll, good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These two, and for whatever reason, there's really no necessity for us being in a three way chat when it's just two guys talking all the time. But it's nice they, they include me so that later on, if I'm looking for an hour to kill, I can just go through and scroll through the messages. Yeah. Thank you guys. Or if he's looking to complain, he can be like, "It's been forty two messages. I'm busy. <laughs> right. Please stop." Usually accompanied <laughs> by a screenshot. Yeah. yeah. And you see him the other night. He left it on. So it would just cycle through and it automatically release so we wouldn't get notifications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that was probably just bad internet, is what that was. I don't Left think on was. red. <laughs> Left on Sorry for trying to be your friend, Eric. Sorry. I'm a grumpy old man. I don't like everything the way it is now compared to the way it used to be. All right, so are you guys ready for the uh, the next installment of Race Daily Kill? Hold on, hold on. Do it, do it. All right, this this is the next installment of Race Daily Kill. And uh, this week's lineup of cars is kind of what I call also Rams of the GT hatch era. Everybody's <laughs> the forgotten the, the island of misfit toys of the GT cars. Very much so, yes. Everybody remembers, of course, the Celica Supras and the 300ZX Turbos and... Other cool stuff that just kind of really made an impression. But there were some other cars in the 80s that kind of fit in that same category, but they really just couldn't compete from a sales standpoint. But does that mean that they were less desirable or they just weren't very good cars? Yes. Probably. Probably. (laughs) I'd say the jury's still out, but apparently we've made up a a mind. But I I don't know. Let's just throw some data out there and let's let you folks decide and then we'll we'll decide here for you. Um, So the three contenders for this week are uh, we're going to roll back the, the, not the odometer, we're going to roll back the Wayback (laughs) Machine to 1985. And we're going to take three picks from dealerships you might not be really that into if you're looking for a sports car but 
you've somehow stumbled into them. 1985 Isuzu Impulse Turbo is our first car of the week. Uh, that pick here. This is powered by a 2-liter turbo 4-cylinder, 140 horsepower, 5-speed manuals all across the board. Uh, we can get into the performance ratings and things like that a little bit later. But first, first thing you need to know, folks, and, and yeah. we'll post some pictures on the website, and this really is probably the opportunity for you to go to throwonwrenches.com because you don't know any of these cars. Yeah. I, I guarantee you, besides Daryl, there is nobody out there who knows all three of these cars vividly in their brain. Uh... They're all bulbous <laughs> mid-'80s hatchbacks with that almost 90s design flavor to them but just couldn't quite get out of the 70s. And uh, they're not really super attractive. Let's put it that way. No, it's so. like the mullet of the sports car, the hatchback. <laughs> you know what? That's a fair comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the third body, uh, third third generation F body of yeah. the European sports yeah. cars. So all I'm saying is go to the website, look at the picture of these cars, because you can't understand this race daily kill unless you look at the pictures. And this is Suzu. Suzu had... I, I'll, I'll give them. They were progressive in some of their designs, some of their automobiles. And this is probably the cleanest looking of the three cars. It's it's a nice car. Uh, it was designed by nice uh, nice Ital Design. They were. They were. <laughs> and the second generation ones, people a little bit more familiar with, not necessarily for the Isuzu, but because they were the basis of the Geostorm, if anyone remembers the Geostorm. Oh, oh yeah. my dreams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The attainable sports car for somebody. Uh, okay, so 85 Isuzu Impulse Turbo. That's the first pick. 140 horse turbo four-cylinder. Yeehaw. <laughs> uh, next pick is a 1985 Renault Fuego Turbo, which is Fuego. also... En fuego. En fuego, which means fire in Espanol, <laughs> for those who took What's German. What's in Portuguese? Uh, <laughs> fish? I don't know. Tortilla. Uh, to, <laughs> this thing is actually a little bit smaller motor. Uh, still packs a decent punch. Not really, but it's a 1.6-liter turbo four-cylinder making a, a paltry 108 horsepower. And before anyone turns their noses up at that, this is before the era of where we live now where you can get 300 horse out of a 2-liter four-cylinder with a turbo. This was, this was a big deal, but today it's kind of laughable. Uh, and then the other choice is a 1985 Alfa Romeo GT V6. And if anybody is a fan of Alphas, this is not a Spider. This is kind of a hatchback that came out. It's a bulbous yeah. hatchback car. Mullet. Came out in the 70s. <laughs> I can't remember. Still has that cute little Alpha triangle in the front. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a more rounded uh, headlights, kind of a traditional European front. But it does look dated, even compared to the other two. Uh, this thing, though, has two more cylinders. So we're talking a small 2.5-liter V6 making 158 horsepower, 157 pound-feet of torque, which is almost, you know, perfectly... That's weird uh, to me. That, Anyways, uh, five-speed manual on that thing. All three of these cars cost between thirteen and $11,000, so price point is probably the same for, for each one of those. But if you walked into each one of these dealerships, you're looking at cars that pretty much performed at the same level but nobody was impressed by any of the numbers that they put out so crazy that the isuzu is actually the most expensive by far of these three mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean heftily and i i mean and yeah is it because of the word turbo possibly okay i mean that's but you know back in the 80s when you had a turbo in the car that instantly gave you the you'd have to have the giant graphics that says Turbo. I wonder if there was a tariff at the time because it is the only Jap. I mean, it's Japanese versus the two European cars. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know if there was a tariff back then on on hmm. uh, small cars from Japan. Possible. Might have been. I could see that. Yeah, they they kept the truck one anyway. All right, who's going first on this this bad boy lot of bulbous 
eighties. I'll, I'll let you. I'll, I'll let you weigh in. You let me weigh in. Yeah. Yeah. Why okay. Don't you, why don't you roll with this? Okay. Well, first off, I mean, I like the look of the impulse. There's some sci-fi, almost DeLorean-like look to this car. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does scream Back to the Future. And, but the Fuego, the wheels in that Fuego, this is, again, you need to go back and look at the website and look at the pictures. Yeah. I can just imagine that car rolling around and people staring at those wheels. Man, just at a low speed. It'd be better than having spinners on there. <laughs> it's a trip, right? And then, and then we got the Alpha, which is super quick, so I'm thinking, you know what? That could be my race car. So here's my thought process, Daryl. Okay. I am going to race the Alpha because... I need all the help I can get out on the race course, as Dean Plumador could tell you. All the power. So, yeah, all the power, all the power. Not necessarily going to help me, but I need every advantage I get my hands on. And I guarantee I'm going to be the only guy out there in the class of a 1985 V6 uh, European car. So I'm going to take that. Likely, the car is going to blow up or not make the drive home, <laughs> but I'm going to attempt to race it. Okay? I'm going to daily the Renault. It may seem crazy to own a Renault as a daily car, but again, as I'm slowly cruising through Pekin, or Peoria Heights, or downtown Morton, trying to impress the kids at the local uh, arcade park, wherever the this DQ. place is. That's where they at hang the out. DQ, <laughs> those wheels, just the slow roll of those of those amazing wheels is going to look pretty good. Hopefully, I get them black like this. And I'm going to kill the Isuzu, and I'll tell you why. Wow. Okay. When Isuzu shuttered up their brand, they said, "Hey, everybody, take your Isuzus to the the Chevy dealer. They'll take care of you for warranty claims." That lasted for about three years. Yeah. And then after that expiration period, Chevy dropped them like a hot potato. And if you owned an Isuzu, you called everybody in desperation four years after owning that car looking for, looking for support. Yeah. I remember people calling me, I got an Amigo, and I need this or that. And I know you guys are Toyota, but nobody will help me out. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> You're screwed. Yeah. Uh, you have a better chance of finding parts for this Fuego and this GT6 than you'll ever find that Impulse Turbo. You'll never find a part for that ever. Even eBay probably didn't have parts for that thing. Interesting. It's gone. Interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that because, uh, yeah, Isuzu was part of the Geo and the, you know, I forget. They, they also sold a rebadged. They used to make the really good, was it the Pup? The Isuzu pickup? Yeah. That was a bulletproof truck. Yeah. And then they started selling their own. Re- rebranded Chevy S10. Well, called even the, the Honda pa- the Honda Passport, you know, was, yeah. was an Isuzu. Yep, yeah. yep. But yeah, I'm confused. You're talking about getting parts three years after this car was made. What year are we buying and owning these cars in? Because I thought it was modern times. It is modern, but I'm telling you right now, if you own that 1985 Impulse and you have a problem with that car, you're never finding a part. You never find a junkyard. You never find in somebody making secondhand parts for that thing. That car is long gone. Okay. You have a far better chance finding those European parts than that. That Japanese car, nobody carries Isuzu stuff anymore. And when Isuzu stuff was new, I'm telling you, it was hard to get. <laughs> it's this old, I'm it's impossible. Think, I think there was one Isuzu dealer I remember growing up in the Chicago area in the suburbs that I knew of, one. And, you know, it wasn't some place that people talked about. It was like, <laughs> Isuzu seemed to be like the Kia of Japanese cars. You know, decent Joe, but what about Joe Isuzu? Joe Isuzu was an awesome. Maybe we should campaign. do an expose in the next episode. All right, let's we put should. that down. I, show ideas. The guy's name is David Leisure, by the way. It's his real name. Anyways, yeah, we can get him on the show. We should. We should get that studio going. Gabe, uh, out of all three contenders, the the Isuzu, the Renault, or the Alpha, which one would you pick to race daily or kill? So the first thought I had in my head was: Are these cars even different? 
Because if you look at the pictures, <laughs> it's just three hatchbacks look very similar. Is it um, the same? And like Eric said, he hit the nail on the head. Nobody knows these cards but Daryl. So I Googled them. I put in my time. I put in my research. And first off, I didn't. Eric, Eric did not because he didn't look at the front of that Renault. I pulled it up on my computer. It is hideous. It's not. You really think it's hideous? I'm, I'm all about those wheels, man. Okay. Well, you don't. Look, you can put wheel any wheels on a car, but you're stuck with that front end. I thought it was a nice-looking car, but that's... That yeah. Sounds, yeah. So, anyways, I will race the Impulse. First off, obviously, it's got the best specs. I mean, and it, it's got a menacing front for the race. It strikes fear into the hearts of your opponents. Um, but, yeah, maybe you won't get parts, and maybe you only get two races out of it, Eric. <laughs> but you know what? I don't have to drive it every day, so whatever. Your, and your you race cars. And you can put a flux capacitor sticker on People go, oh, is that a DeLorean? Absolutely. <laughs> and the doors flip up the wrong way. <laughs> what? <laughs> I will, uh, I, will, I will daily the alpha. Um, I, the interior on this, I found one on Bring a Trailer, was the most recent one I found. Beautiful leather seats, leather yeah. inserts on the doors, and there was like a netting in the back of the headrest that was very unique, very era-appropriate, of course, that like, you're not going to see anymore. And stuff like that's cool. You know? People like that sort of thing. And then uh, it, it's a non-turbo. And I bought premium gas enough in my life. I'm assuming you're going to have to put premium in both the turbos. I don't want to pay for that. I'm sorry. So you're so you're budget minded. Exactly. I like that. For so, a daily, he's you've a got pragmatist. To be. Yeah. yeah. And then of course we have to kill the Renaultis left. And again, as I just showed, all because of the have front you end. Seen the front end of this thing? I'd rather drive most you found, station You found a beige one with a stripe. You found the most hideous color. I actually, it's a whole page of find them. It, and they're all hideous. Find it in black. Find, I mean, it's hot. Daryl found the hot black one here. I, I the, did honestly. That was like on page twenty of Google. The headlights don't <laughs> so, look any better in the hot black. <laughs> It's like interesting. Old Dodge Colt. Interesting point. picks. And actually, Eric gave me, I have a picture, a dealer poster of a Renault Fuego in my garage. And every time I go out there, I stare at it. I'm like, oh, that's funny. So, that's, <laughs> so maybe you are onto something here. I don't know. I um, mean, it's a face only a mother could love. Yeah, Come on. Uh, good so, point. Good I, point. Yeah. All right. So that's, those are fair picks. Uh, I, I, hear both of, I hear both your arguments. Where, where are you going, Daryl? I'm just going to say I'm going to be a little bit different, and not to be the contrarian, but I feel bad for the little French car. I would actually say that there is some untapped potential in that vehicle because, you know, turbo. I would actually race the Fuego. It's the slowest of the three. But not by that much. (laughs) And top speed-wise, it's still, okay, top speed on all of these is around 130 miles an hour. It's it's close. But if you look at that, though, it's also got the smallest motor by quite a bit, 1.6 liter. And I think that there's some more power in there. I would just put a little, a little Grange, Grange valve on there, and I would adjust the adjust the wastegate delay. I just I would blow that thing sky high. So you're cheating. You're modifying the vehicle. With, yes, that's what I would do. <laughs> but I would race the Fuego. I would daily the Impulse because oh my god, I think it's a more substantial <laughs> he's car. Con- he's being contrarian. No, the I'm jury's not. spoken. Daryl loses. <laughs> no, there was a there was. There was a guy, when I was in high school, there was a, a music teacher that had one of these, and I thought it was the coolest, oddest car. It wasn't a girl from band. It was no, the music teacher this time. No, okay. I still remember the guy's name. He's a, he's a, he, was, he was a pretty cool dude. But I thought, like, that's a weird choice we'll for a car. to talk to him see what his regrets are in life. That car was one of them. He's probably retired and worth a lot of money. But anyways, <laughs> I would kill the Alpha. And I say that knowing that it's a beautiful car. That 2.5 V6 and the GTV6 is just a it's a sweet sounding car. There's a great chase scene involving one of those in um, what's the Bond movie that the last one Roger Moore did? Um, the Spy Who Loved Me. Vito Kill. Vito Kill. Yeah, that, that's in Paris with the Duran Duran song. Yeah, there's some stuff. In, ah, I got another Duran Duran reference in three did. episodes in a row. Damn it! 
Yeah, there's a great, great chase scene in there. So check that out. There's some. It, it's it's a great little scene. But that's that's my picks. I think it's a weird choice. All three of these were very weird. So I appreciate you guys playing along. Yeah, we'll um, post a picture of this on a Facebook page. Love to hear everybody else's opinion on this. Definitely. Info at throwingwrenches.com. You can play along, and we probably will throw this one on social media because I think it'll get some traction. I think there's more people that know about the Isuzu Impulse, but I think it's, it's mostly overseas. <laughs> there's probably a Facebook group. <laughs> Knowing about it doesn't make people. it the pick. Yeah. <laughs> there's, huge, there's all kinds of people that are into like... Spot said huge. He knows better than to say huge. No, like... Uh, um, I'm trying to think. These, there are literally dozens of us. <laughs> if you Google like the there Isuzu... There's <laughs> There's 20 of us. Now, if you Google uh, Isuzu Gemini... Or Holden Gemini. They're huge in, like, uh, Australia. Okay. Jason can back me up. Our, our huge, huge, spiders. Huge in Australia. Yes. Yeah. Right. The snakes. Anyways. And the jellyfish. Funnel web spiders. <laughs> All right. So that's the end of that. Oh, make fun of our listeners. I see how it is. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Speaking of things from faraway places, international news. We have some news of the international automotive realm. Including some stuff about EVs and more chip shortage info. Eric, do you want to kick us off with what's going on across across the pond? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, the first I'm going to move this because okay. that's U.S. Let's go right down to the one. It's March 31st, boys. What happens on April 1st every year? What's some sort of holiday involving practical jokes? Practical I jokes, right? And there's always like Wendy's and somebody will post something or you know. Right, marketing what, campaigns. Yeah, what do you, it's what the new marketing campaign. Is, there gonna, is it free computers tomorrow with the uh, the arcade park? I like to call it arcade park just to <laughs> just to make fun. Just to date yourself. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I take no offense. He brought a bag of nickels. Giant and companies think it's a great opportunity to maybe throw out some uh, some bogus press release, mm. and and somehow some giant mega company screwed up the punchline. VW accidentally leaked the name for its new U.S. operations, Volkswagen. That's right, kids. Not Volkswagen. It's Volkswagen. V O L T S W A G N. There you go. They That's hilarious. They accidentally posted a press release on its website a month early on Monday announcing the new name for its U.S. operations, Volkswagen of America, emphasizing the German automaker's electric vehicle efforts. A spokesman for the company declined to comment on the release, which was dated April 29th, has since been taken down. A person familiar with the company's plans confirmed the authenticity of the release to CNBC. They asked to remain anonymous because the plans were not meant to be public. Well, in the meantime, uh, since this was posted on here, they've since said it was actually a joke. You uh, Wait, Volkswagen was a joke or the new name? Volts. <laughs> do, do you believe that? Do you guys think that that's... They weren't going to rename the company. You don't think they would have had like a subsidiary with a goofy name like that, though? It's perfect for electric. It is. It's actually super clever. Well, when you could come up with a name like Stellantis, why would you call it Volkswagen? Give yeah, let's use it for a practical joke instead. It's way better. <laughs> but don't practical jokes play better when they're actually like released on April Fool's Day, yep. not three days before? This is weak sauce. The whole story is a little fishy. It would be interesting to see over the next week or two, by the time we record the next episode, what actually happened. They probably realized it wasn't going to be funny, so they leaked it early to actually get press <laughs> when on do, it. When are the Germans ever funny? Well, I, something else I thought of, too, is maybe this is their German attempt. German comedy doesn't translate. <laughs> maybe this is their attempt at doing, like, an, an Elon Musk-type uh, spectacle, you is it, know? Is it Elon now? Is that what we call Elon, him? Elon. I did like that. I don't know. Elon. Who Elon. cares what his friggin' <laughs> No, I liked is. it better. Elon. Elon. E- whatever. <laughs> Why don't you move on to the next story here? Thank you. What's going on at Stellantis? All right, so we're going to actually go to Stellantis. 
I'm editing all of this. <laughs> Just deleting the last 57 minutes. Uh, Stel- <laughs> Stellantis. Now I'm going to screw this up. <laughs> Stellantis halts production in Italy uh, due to low demand, comma, chip shortage. Yeah, what's that? All right, so car maker Stellantis, formerly Chrysler and everything else it was in the past, they're going to halt production at a plant in Melfi uh, in southern Italy April 2nd through the 12th because of low demand triggered by the COVID-19 crisis. The union, that uh, auto workers union there, the plant said on Monday the production there is where the fourth largest automaker makes Jeep Renegades, Compasses, and Fiat 500Xs. Um, I didn't know the they were I probably probably for the export market. For I the thought European the X market. was done in the United States. It might be, okay. but I think they still are strong okay. overseas. Anyways, they they were repeatedly disrupted due to weak demand and semiconductor supply shortages. Bottom line is uh, Stellantis's European car registrations are they're saying a twenty three percent decline year over year. So Stellantis is saying we're going to shelf some of this stuff. They're also. I didn't note this here, but uh, some of the plants here in the United States, including the one in Belvedere, is going to go on a couple weeks. I saw that too, yeah. Uh, Worldwide, nothing new there. We've been talking about that. And if you've read stuff about the chip shortage, it's not a surprise. But the bigger issue, I think, is especially over in Europe, folks aren't driving. They're not registering cars. And, you know, that's a COVID side, side effect, I guess. But at the same time, are we ever going to recover? Are folks going to start going back into, um, you know, their older older ways where they relied on cars a lot more, especially in Europe where things are like public transportation is huge. Mm -hmm. Things are a little bit more communities are more walkable and mindful of that sort of thing. They really don't need cars. So I don't know if they're going to reclaim that. I listen to London radio every morning and uh, they've just now gone to uh, six groups of six can be allowed to be together. And you can sit in beer gardens now in groups of six that literally is just now happening. Yeah. And you think if that would have happened where we live here in central Illinois, there might have been riots in the streets. Because this has been going on for over a year. It's unbelievable. Long time. So, yeah, yeah, over there, think about the demand, what that would do to your vehicle demand and everything. You're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. No. And I haven't even really followed the the economics of it over in Europe. I don't know how that's working if they're doing, you know, economic stimulus packages and things like that. I have no idea. So I think the whole... Most European countries are just all about economic stimulus, aren't they? And that Greece's problem and Italy's problem. So they spend, spend, spend. Spend, spend, spend. In some ways. Yeah. All right. So I'll let you shuffle some stuff around here, we'll sir. go back to national news? Yep. 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 All right. So this leads into a conversation we had last week about, and I don't know if this was Patreon or pre-show or whatever it was, but I talked about a customer wanting to buy a van. And I told her, we have two of these Sienna vans on the lot right now. If you don't take one right now, you might be stuck. Well, according to Bloomberg, and this just came out here the other day, uh, buyers are snapping up new cars even if they're the wrong color. They're emboldened by signs of COVID-19 crisis, and it may be putting a fearful potential vehicle shortage out there. Consumers snapped up new autos at pre-pandemic rates for the first quarter of the U.S. market. The recovery has likely gained momentum, and it surged more than 8% in the first three months of the year. According to analyst estimates, the projected gain was powered by higher demand in anticipation of a return to offices and the everyday travel as vaccination rates exceeded one quarter of the population. Greater confidence in the economy spurred purchases, as did the fear of lower supplies of cars due to the chip shortage. I'm telling you, right now we're, we're watching our lot dry up and there's not cars coming back. You know that We sold our new Land Cruiser. That might be the less, last Land Cruiser with a V8 we ever sell. Wow. How scary is that? Guy was, came from Decatur for that one. Was it the one in your showroom? Yeah, the black one. That was beautiful. Gone. 
Uh, we yeah. sold the, and we sold a white one last week. That was my hope. My hope was to buy one more nice new Land Cruiser for the wife before yeah. they stop making them in the U.S. And yeah. uh, we're not going to make it. I don't yeah. have that kind of money. No. Yeah. The nice thing is your old one's worth more, right? No. You don't no. think so? Than a new Land Cruiser? No, it's, go, it's going up, though. It's worth more than it was oh, a year ago. So, I mean, if you want to talk about depreciation versus appreciation, yeah. I'm, I'm doing fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have $90,000 in my yeah, No, no, I understand that. <laughs> well, and that's, that's just it. I mean, and I'm seeing a lot of people that are putting off purchases, and then when, when things are finally like, oh, they're not going to make any more of these, or they're not going to ship any more 2021s because of whatever, they're idling the factory. Then they're they're kind of changing their tune, but I'm still seeing. As of yesterday, I was seeing stuff on a group where people were saying, "Oh, I'm only going to get a fifteen hundred dollar off list or whatever." I'm like, "You're lucky that folks are dealing off off sticker at this point with with some of these models. You know, if you're going to go buy a Chevy Aveo or some, you know a Chevy Spark <laughs> or something, I'm sure there'll be some rebates involved with that. But if you're going to buy anything that's in high demand or any kind of a specialty vehicle or or something like a Land Cruiser Heritage Edition, you're not going to just find one on another lot somewhere. It just no. ain't happening. No, so. we, have pe- we have people calling from all over the country for it. We're seeing a shift in the whole dynamic, though. I mean, used cars or new cars, you used to be able to shop around. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to go to Chicago. They do in bulk, and I'm going to get a better deal. Well, now, like you said, you got to buy it or you might lose it. It's like the Costco philosophy. When I started going to Costco, I was like, oh, I'll wait for that to go on sale. Well, no, we only got six in. The season's over. You is don't that, get to is buy Is that ham it. gone? I, I, I was there last week, and I didn't notice. I'm going to make a run there this uh, right. tomorrow. But, but I'll you know you what know. I mean. Yeah. Like, you get to the point where you start putting into your mind, well, no, if I really want this, I need to buy it. And yeah. if I have to pay a little bit more to get it or not get the color, I want right. it's worth it um, because it's a seller's market, and so you have to adapt. Very true, very true. I, I, the scary part, though, is that what used vehicles cost, and I think we need to maybe do some homework and, and focus on that. I know a lot of the stuff we do news wise is talking about industry, current trends in the new auto industry, but the used car market, specifically trucks, out of the uh, it's out of this world. Uh, for anything that you're going to do. You know, a nice newer truck, I'm, I'm saying newer, like three to five years, late model. Uh, you're not going to find anything really worth <laughs> worth its salt for under $30,000. Well, yeah, what's a new truck now? It's 50000 It's fifty, at least. Yeah. At least. Even a small truck is $40,000. Yeah. So, Look at a loaded Ranger or Colorado or yeah. Tacoma. They're creeping up How much there. is a Tacoma off-road? Isn't it still like thirty six, thirty eight? You can, 37000 was one I saw the other day and I did a walk around. It came off the truck. Yeah. But that's just a pretty basic four-wheel drive Tacoma. I mean, if you get the TRD Pro, it's forty-nine ninety-five. Well, the Pro is the top-notch. Tacoma I understand though. that, but I mean, mm-hmm. that's not that. I mean, you're talking about a lift and some bigger tires, and most people who get a off-road Tacoma are going to want to do a few of those things. You're going to be easily forty thousand dollars. Yeah, and that's just you know, I remember even ten years ago, you know, you were talking a nicely loaded truck was low thirties, yeah. and you know that's just just not the case anymore. So, uh, hey, we sold a twenty sixteen Tundra. With 106,000 miles on it for $30,000 here a while back. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. And out west, it's supposedly even crazier. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, like, that seems like a lot of money. Sold. Yeah. So I, like I, I obviously don't know the used car market, so. Yeah, me neither, which is also why I don't sell anything. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, see what happens there. Right. I'm going to skip this. I just don't like the way it's written. I need the to EB just, one. I'm going right past it. Right. You want to talk about the Hummer? Sure, sure. Uh, so everybody that follows Barrett-Jackson, uh, the auto auction, uh, knows that they auction off stuff for charity, usually the first of a series. They did that with like one of the Shelby uh, GT500s years ago, and I think the CA Corvette. 
I might be wrong on there. New but Supra. New Supra. Yep. So the it's true. I forgot about that. 2022 Hummer, the GMC Hummer EV pickup, is yet to be built, but already it's been sold. The first one's been sold for a whopping two and a half million dollars. The buyer, a woman whose name is not public, according to a GM spokeswoman, uh, will receive her vehicle with VIN number 001 when it rolls off the assembly line at Factory Zero in Detroit. I don't know where that is. Hamtramck. Oh, Hamtramck. Uh, earlier, uh, later this fall, Hummer VIN number one was sold Saturday night at the uh, Barrett-Jackson auction in Scottsdale. Proceeds are going to go to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, a nonprofit that honors firefighter Stephen Stiller, who died in the September 11th attacks in 2001. Well, good cause. That, that charity is great, and there's some, some publicity in there for the Hummer EV. The specs on that thing, what do you guys think about that? That's the one that's like almost 1,000 horsepower or something ridiculous, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, this, I, the specs don't matter to me. I, I'm more interested to see what the shakeout's going to be. I mean, what did we see? Canoe the other day is, is an off-road yeah, the truck. truck. We've got the Hummer. We've got the Rivian. We've got the Tesla truck, which is that ever going to show up? There's so many electric truck makers. Nikolai. Yeah, Nikolai, that's yeah. the other one. What's really going to catch hold and take? Well, Gabe, you were saying, what was the sticker, uh, the real MSRP on that Hummer truck? Is like a like 100-something? I mean, I don't have it memorized, but it's not a, a weight-to-horsepower ratio. It's a dollar-to-horsepower ratio, in my opinion, because it's like $120,000 for a truck. Yeah. I mean, Hummers have always been expensive, yeah. right? But yeah. yeah, when they came ridiculous. out, you remember that was like the thing. Before, well, I will say before, because well, They were a real military-grade truck at first. They were, and you know, people like you know Schwarzenegger and some of the rich folks had them as toys, but then when the, you know, the H2s came out, the, the Tahoes. Yeah. yeah. The, and they started selling Hummer dealership franchises all over. And, you know, like they were still very much a prestige thing. It wasn't It wasn't about capability or off-road skills, stuff like that. It was more of a status symbol. Do you guys think that the uh, the Hummer EV pickup is going to be the same way? Or is it actually a game changer for, for GM? It can't be a game changer with that price. I mean, there's no way. Nobody, nobody here is going to buy it. I mean, three people in Morton. If that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I just I don't see it. But again, that Tesla truck to me seems outrageous. But the price is attainable. What's a Tesla truck going to be? Seventy or eighty thousand? Yeah, which is about what Rivian's price point is. Like Seventy thousand. Yeah, it's about that. That's going to be the going rate. But at that point, you're only twenty grand more from a traditional pickup. And that's that's the thing. The gas vehicles are closing in on the price of the EVs, and I and that EV price, like the Rivian, for seventy thousand dollars. Is that even including federal tax incentives? At that point, could you buy it and still get another $7,500 back? Yes, it's not including it. So yeah. the $70,000 Rivian, you still get the $7,500. So there we go. And the, the Tesla base Cybertruck is saying starting at $39,900. I don't believe that that folded stainless steel body will be available for thirty nine. But I'll be interested to see what happens. That's what Google is saying. We have the magic of the Internet here, yeah. people. Did you hear the article about Tesla freaking out on Consumer Reports doing the driving range test no, on their no. vehicles? What he claimed that was rigged now too. Yes, yes. He said because they got short, they got short change. They did them all out in California. Did them all in the desert. But Tesla rated the poorest. Whereas Nissan with the the Leaf did better than it's projected. I'm trying to think of another one. But what they did is they drove the cars down until they said they had nothing, stopped them, and then drove them some more. And the Tesla yeah. lost in like all those challenges. Well, that was my first. Uh, you, you're hey, pulling up the interwebs here. He's, he's just showing pictures of the 39.9 price and the. Set, on, it's from Motor Trend. It, well, it must be true then, right? All right. That's a little bit more <laughs> realistic, though, I guess. We'll see. I can't. You think I mean, if you want to drive a wedge be half the price for 40 of, grand. There'll be half the price of a Rivian? Give me a break. I don't think so. 
Well, maybe that's what you're paying. You get what you pay for in a lot of situations, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is yeah. the base model Cybertruck. I'm sure you can spend seventy thousand dollars on a Cybertruck if you want to. Oh yeah, but this is because you want the the quad motors yeah. or the dual motors. This one motor might not even actually start. I don't know what you're paying for. It might just be a horse-drawn wagon for all we know. It could yeah. be. You could use it around the, the farm. I don't know. <laughs> this doesn't include the licensing. That's monthly on that one. It's <laughs> <laughs> a monthly charge. It's like Netflix. What? Anyways, uh, what do we have? We got Volvo upsetting everybody. According to Automotive News here. Yeah, yeah. All right. The Swedish automaker this month announced plans to become an all-electric brand globally by 2030. Well, that's really nothing new. They've been talking about this for a while. To sell those vehicles, Volvo wants to use an online-only factory-set price model, borrowing aspects of a strategy pioneered by Tesla and has become the template for a wave of electric upstarts. But dealer associations in two states, Virginia and California, have sent letters to Volvo warning that its strategy may violate the automaker's dealer agreements or state laws meant to prevent automakers, next page, <laughs> from completing, competing with the franchises. The Texas Dealer Association is now seeking clarification from Volvo on the plan. Of course, Volvo has always been a traditional dealership model for their sales. So for them to say they're going to sell direct to consumer is, going to, is really going to, you know, upset all the dealer associations. This will be interesting to see how this plays out because, of course, we know Tesla's doing this, Rivian's, and actually we're going to get into that, Rivian's in our local news yeah. for this very subject. So, Well, unlike things like Taco Bell or fast food franchises, things like that, there are certain laws on the books when it comes to automobiles, correct? And sales? Allegedly. Alle allegedly. <laughs> little Leonard Kenny. It depends. So, well, yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. But interesting, and this is probably going to set the stage for very, very similar things by other auto, auto manufacturers. Yeah, if Volvo gets by with it, then Ford, Chevy, every other manufacturer would be like, yeah, that's working for them. Yeah. Yeah. Be interesting to see. Interesting. Uh, Ford's turbine-powered concept truck of tomorrow reappears after 40 years' disappearance. This is, this is like news of the weird. This is weird stuff. So if anybody on Facebook has seen this swirling around, if you're in any old car groups like, like weirdo I am, You'll probably have seen this about 15,000 times. But Ford actually had a truck they called Big Red. It was a turbine, a gas uh, turbine-powered truck uh, in the 1960s. It was built as a concept truck. It used a Ford-engineered turbine engine, and it did publicity tours leading up to the, the big, splashy 1964 New York World's Fair. And after that, the truck then languished around Detroit and then moved to North Carolina, and it was stored... Uh, out in the uh, Holman Moody facility. If anyone knows Holman Moody, that's a big racing, big NASCAR family that uh, Ford worked. It was a factory-backed team. Uh, worked in all kinds of stuff in the 1960s before Ford pulled out of racing altogether, I think in 1970 or 71. So this is after, of course, the you know Ford v. Ferrari. But uh, the truck fell off the map and, and uh, somewhere in the 1970s, and it was rediscovered by some folks, uh, an auto writer at the, the drive, and they they actually found some of the links at Ford and Holman Moody Racing, and they said, "Hey, where's this old truck that they allegedly still have somewhere in a in a in a building?" Well, it's been sold. It was sold in like '84 or something like that to some guy in North Carolina who wishes to remain anonymous, and he's kind of a hermit. He doesn't have any new pictures of it, but he confirmed, like, "Yeah, I still own this thing. I drove I, the last time I drove it was like the year 2000, but." Um, I still have it. I'm like, oh, well, cool. Will you take some new pictures and send them to us for the article? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, any plans to like take it out and show it or you know participate in anything? No. Is it going to go to a museum someday? No. Cool. 
So this same kind it's of thing. His prerogative. I know it is, but it's just the same thing happened to one of the two bullet Mustangs that was used in the Steve McQueen movie Bullet, nineteen sixty-eight. One of them got scrapped, and the other one was sold. And this guy, this like weird hermit guy, had it. Wouldn't let anyone see it, and eventually it. I think he passed away. and It did sell for mega bucks. It sold for like three million bucks yeah, at auction yeah, or yeah. something like that. Same thing. Phil Spector had a Shelby Daytona Coupe that was a great you know, race car that was legit like Le Mans, like Le Mans style racer. And he drove it around L.A. and then he gave it to a girlfriend and she put it in a storage unit and sat there for like 50 years. Probably because he threatened to kill her. Uh, there might, have been, <laughs> there might be some truth to that probably. <laughs> I'll get you. But I think there's just something with old famous Fords that seem to draw out like these mystery men, yeah. and they just kind of take these public treasures and they hide them from millions of adoring fans. This vehicle looks like when I go to Disney World, like Futureland. This is the highway of the future. It very much was. And you see these like zipping up and down the road, driverless. Well, it's funny because like Ford had this their turbine program. Chrysler had a turbine program started in the early '50s. Um, General Motors had a, what they call their big Titan trucks that was, that was a, a concept truck with a turbine engine. Uh, General Electric actually built gas turbine-powered railroad engines like locomotives because people at some point, I think during the jet age, you know, post-World War II, everybody thought that that was going to be like the next big thing that was going to replace the regular internal combustion engine because it's oh, all this technology and it's, all, it's so much power and you can run any kind of alcohol or any kind of flammable fuel through it. I mean, isn't jet fuel like basically kerosene or like a denatured? I think it's, well, it's vapored. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 weird stuff. But that was a flash in the pan. You know, it was around the same time we were also playing with like you know rotary engines, and you know Mazda was like a pioneer because oh, this this Wankel rotary engine is going to replace everything that we know. And after like five, ten years, it's like yeah, it's not that yeah, great. I, I, yeah, I'd like to see what this looks like on the inside as far as the guts of it, because the shapes of these things and the platform, it almost looks like what we talk about with these, all these electric cars, all their skateboards. Mm. This looks like a skateboard with like a, the cab set on top of it, right? Yeah, it's super high. It's weird looking. Anyways. Yeah, it looks like just a Ford car you know, underneath. with <laughs> Like a double-decker. <laughs> yeah. It's bizarre. Family truckster. I love that stuff. I love it. So, right. uh, so shifting gears now, we're going to go into some local news. And I'm glad we have an attorney present, yeah. Eric. Because, Who? oh, uh, have you <laughs> well, met Gabe Casey? Yeah. No, I think that this is a really interesting story. Would this be a free legal consult? I think it no. would be. No, nothing in this podcast constitutes legal uh, Okay. Work unless you pay me money, okay. and that's not how it works. Well, Don't sue me. All right, RJ Scringe, just letting you know, there is a lawyer for you over here in Morton, Illinois. That's because <laughs> Illinois dealers are suing Rivian and Lucid Motors over the state's direct sales laws. Illinois dealers sued the electric car maker Rivian in, two, in another salvo against the upstart vehicle manufacturer's direct-to-consumer sales model. Two trade groups that are plaintiffs in the lawsuit filed yesterday in Cook County court say they acted on after the Illinois state Secretary of State office turned a blind eye to other complaints from several years back. Amazon-backed Rivian, which plans to produce a, a truck in normal Illinois coming up here, had no immediate comment. The Irvine, California-based company also promised that deliveries of its first truck will begin in June. It's according to Automotive News. So we talk a lot about Rivian because Rivian's took over the Diamond Star plant that was just down the road from us in normal Illinois. It's like 25 minutes away, and it literally was a husk of nothing going on over there, and then somehow yeah. this this shadow auto manufacturer came over there and just started saying they're going to build electric trucks. Well, it's been going on for a couple of years. You haven't been following along, and now all of a sudden, there's a parking lot packed full of cars over there, and they're talking about making it legit. So I think 
maybe the word is out they're actually going to make something over there now. That's scaring people? The word on the street, right? Yeah. Well, and another $106 million expansion of another part of the factory. So, I mean, they've actually, without having something straight up out there on the market today, it's still prototypes and early pre-production models, we're already starting to see a little bit of a, I don't know, quaking in their boots from from some of the competition. And that's led to some some legal challenges. And, and Gabe, this, this all still centers around the direct-to-consumer sales model that is, would you say it's a threat to traditional businesses? Uh, Daryl, I wouldn't say it's even the competition. Because, I mean, Tesla's been doing this, right? So they you, have. You they buy they until, have been. They've been selling yeah. in Illinois. That's what I don't understand. So the, the fact of the matter is, is that, like, Tesla came along and they did it. And Tesla's very fringe, right? I mean, you don't get a common typical person like i'm gonna go buy a tesla no you get a guy who's got a lot of money you get a dentist or you Stork. get somebody yeah did he buy a tesla he did he, he got rid of it after six months but yeah <laughs> well, but that's, uh, <laughs> or you get somebody who's like you know very passionate about the environment and wants to buy you know a lower model tesla all electric but like the, the problem is a lot of the laws are protecting dealerships because it's a power struggle right it's like the uh the unions and big companies early in america where companies are trying to take advantage of employees and then the employees band together and they fight back against the companies same thing with the dealerships dealerships have been getting pushed around by auto manufacturers in different states uh you know they're cutting margins they're making them move more metal to make more money they're changing the whole dynamic because everybody's chasing profit lines i mean that's what business is right we're here to make money so all this comes down to is they see the writing on the wall. You had the Volvo story. Volvo wants to do it now. Yeah. But what people aren't realizing is, like, who can actually buy direct from manufacturer? How are you going to trade in your Ford Probe to Rivian or to Tesla? You're not. So, I mean, they're really fighting a fight they probably don't have to to a certain degree because I don't think the business model works for everybody. That's a fair analysis. I, I didn't even think about that when people come in and they, they trade in something that's three, four years old and get something new. But, 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 but are people doing that anymore? But then you have like Illinois that throws out that luxury tax saying, well, we're only going to give you a tax credit in the first $10,000. Well, that gives you all, all the incentive to sell the vehicle yourself anyway. So now we have companies like Carvana or, or uh, CarMax who say, we'll buy your car. Yeah. So people not- do not want to sell their cars, I don't think. Do you see it a lot? I mean, you're, you're in the dealership. You're not taking in the trade-ins, but I don't see it. Um, we don't take in as many trades right now as we have been traditionally. So people are selling the cars themselves. I had a customer the other day, known her for years. She had a 99 Camry. True story. I just had this conversation yesterday. Um, had the car serviced forever with us. Now, it only had like 105,000 miles on it. It was a four-cylinder American edition 99 Camry. Mm-hmm. And uh, she smoked. I mean, it wasn't super, super clean. It was a nice car. And she'd come in with a RAV4 she bought from a friend, like a 2018 RAV. I'm like, oh, I see Peoria plate frames, blah, blah. We changed them over. She was super nice. She's like, oh, yeah, please. I'm like, what did you get for the old car? Because I sold my daughter's 1996 Camry with 180,000 miles on it, what, two or three years ago for 1,200 bucks? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you, get, you couldn't have got more than 2,000 on that. She goes, are you kidding me? I got $4,500 on that thing. $4,500 out of a 1999 Camry with 100,000 miles on it? It'll run another 10 years, Eric. What but, are you talking about? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's if the calipers don't seize up and it's not puking oil everywhere, but you're going to have to spend money on that car. That car only costs $17,900 right. in 1999. Right. But, it's insane to me. But there's people that would say, again, 108000 on something as long as it's not rusted out. See, that's where I envy the folks that live out on the West Coast where, you know, the biggest stuff they got to worry about is either the mechanical stuff or uh, the sun, you know, faded my dashboard or cracked my, uh, 
you know, convertible top or what, I don't know. But they're not having to worry about the, the rust. Here, you can have a perfectly good running car that's been serviced, easily maintained, but it's got structural rot, yeah. and it's just not worth putting any money into. I don't know. Maybe, this, But then this gets into selling yourself. I mean, if you're going to get premium money, mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer. Sell how, it yourself, How many right? people sell their own houses? Very few. You're, because it's I, difficult. Okay, you have to be I'll able to sell. You have I'll to agree. deal with people coming to look yeah, at it, yeah. schedule test drives, negotiate. People do not want to do that. And so, yes, there is a market for it. There's always going to be people like everyone sitting at this table who will sell their own vehicles. But outside of us, there's the normal medium of society that they want a, the easy solution. Yeah. I find a car I like. I get rid of my car, get Just some money for it. I get the new car. Yeah, yeah. And it also makes it more uh, obtainable for them. Because what happens if you sell your car private party? And then you, you have to go negotiate, and you don't have a car. But it, but it, let's just say your Rivian <laughs> or your Volvo, at that point, then you just you buy cars and then you you send them to a wholesaler, right? You send them to the auto auction. But and, it, that, and that's just part of your game to get customers to buy your new cars. You it's just, possible. You, you eat up those old ones off the lot and send them somewhere. I'm just thinking too. The, the, I've had several friends and family members over the last few years that have gotten back into leasing. Because of the cost of new cars. I believe leasing will be the key to these EVs. And that's where I think people yeah. are at now. People are used to paying a monthly rate for a service or some, you know, some kind of convenience thing. Yeah, just think of all the monthly subscriptions that everybody has right now where it's just like, oh, I, I need to renew. Same thing with their car. I think they're going to view that as just another monthly expense they're always going to have. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to have to deal with something that is five years old that needs calipers or that needs you know, catalytic converter, replace something like that. There's just like, it just becomes an appliance. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that because it takes all the fun and joy out of automotive <laughs> everything. Well, I th- but I think that's, that might be where we're at, especially with how expensive everything is right now. True story. So, I mean, if somebody is going to be in the market for a new car and they can lease it for 450 bucks a month and be done with it, maybe this direct-to-consumer model is fine because they just come in there and say, give me, give me the newest thing and I'll sign another three-year lease. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's really depressing. Welcome to the future. Yeah, when nobody owns anything. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's all intellectual. You own the intellectual property. Kind of like owning the license to your software. Yeah. You yeah. Know. I leased a Rivian once. <laughs> it was the best three years of my life. All right. Speaking of all things electric, is it that time, Eric? It's that time. It's time, it's time for, your for your moment, moment of bus. That was me crying, not Eric. <laughs> All right. This, Elon didn't exactly have a quote for this one this week, but I don't know if you're aware of this or not, guys. He has been tapped to join the board of the Endeavor Group. Do you know who they are? Space Shuttle? No. They own the UFC and the Miss Universe contest. Musk, he's the CEO of Tesla, you know that, and SpaceX, and the founder of The Boring Company. Do we even talk about The Boring Company anymore? <laughs> Boring. <laughs> and Neuralink. i got to start talking about more Neuralink. we got more Neuralink news. He's been nominated to join the board of the Endeavor Group Holdings, according to a filing by the company on Wednesday. Endeavor began as a talent agency, and they started as one of Hollywood's most recognizable agents, Ari Emanuel. Through a series of mergers and acquisitions, the company has become a media and entertainment conglomerate that owns and manages live events including UFC, the Miami Open, the New York Fashion Week, 3Z Art Fairs, and the Miss Universe International Beauty Pageant. And I'm going to tell you, Elon Musk, this is just my personal opinion now, we're going to step away from the news article. Elon Musk, going to Mars, owns the Miss Universe International Beauty Contest. Can we see a Miss World contest from Elon? Ooh. 
Ooh, that's actually a really good idea. It is a great idea. If you're into bad ideas. You could die on another planet with Elon with a, a pageant, with, with, with a sash around you that says Miss Mars. All the while, Elon saying, there she is, Miss Mars. Anyway. And that, and that is your, your moment, moment of Musk. That's, I don't know what you creepy. think. That's, that was one of the creepier creepy. moments of Musk I think I've ever heard. It was a thing. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just see marketing out the wazoo on that one. Are beauty pageants gross in general, though? I think are, those have a finite lifespan in them. I don't think in 20 years we'll see those. Do you? Absolutely. You do? Oh, they're here to stay. I mean, like little kids or something, like where they have like the, the cute Miss, Miss that's Marigold worse. or something. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the it thing. Is, it is creepier, isn't it? Yeah. I get get some, the makeup on the kids. Jean Benet. Yeah. yeah, where it just turns into a whole thing. But like, you don't see them as televised. It's not a big, big thing anymore, is it? I used to be a big I don't think anybody watched them, but you know what? Oscars are going down. The Grammys are going down. All, the, all these things that boomers loved. Yeah. Nobody cares about anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, and I think beauty pageants will be on, on that list of things people don't care about. Nobody listens to jazz anymore. No, because people dig chicks with hairy legs now or something. Nobody drives cars with gas anymore. Nobody. <laughs> I also like, too, like the, uh, the stickers you see at some cruise nights and shows where it's like, you know, uh, millennial anti-theft device, and it's got like a you know, stick, stick shift. shift yeah. I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's clever. But it's true. But it I is mean, fun. I, it's I funny leave the key in the Land Cruiser. It's right-hand drive and stick shift. Nobody's taking that it. That has got to be the most confusing for everybody. They just now, look at that and be like, mm-hmm. And now I know, and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Someday you'll be left out there with a Prius He to knows drive. where I live. It's all good. It's all he good. just needs to make it back up his driveway. He's got to borrow something better. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a thing last year. Full circle. There was a thing last year. That's the long callback right there. Where there was a reference to how impenetrable your driveway in your country estate is. I've never found it to be the case. And I've driven some pretty nasty old stuff through there. But I also haven't been through there after like a torrential rain. There was one show in the wintertime where I, I was coming over to his house and he's like, don't just just take the neighbor's driveway. Don't even bother. I'm like, is it that bad? He's like, yeah, don't. It's not. Let me ask you a question, Daryl. Have you ever been stuck in your own driveway? Yes. How many times a year, approximately? You haven't seen it. His driveway is probably worse than mine in the winter. It's well, awful. I guess this isn't fair, then. One, well, I was stuck in there the first year we lived there. I was stuck there once, and then it's after that... incline like this. It's terrible. After that, I bought a truck with Posse, and then I bought two four-wheel drive, or all-wheel all right. drive vehicles. So, Eric, have you had to pull your own wife up your own driveway? Okay, first off, <laughs> my daughter was driving one of those times. And then, yeah, but... Oh, wait it's, a minute. It's not impenetrable. The point is, there's just no maintenance. It's, I just give him a hard time about no it. It's good fun. I'm sorry. There is maintenance. You I, know, my wife even said today to the guy who sold us our tractor I'm going to talk about. Yeah, um, yeah. She goes, okay, when you deliver the tractor day, our driveway, we don't really maintain the first half of it because it kind of keeps <laughs> people away. We do that on purpose. Nobody ever drives up all the way to my driveway to my house. When I lived at our other house in Green Valley, people would pull up in your driveway all the time just to see what was going on, and then they'd drive off. Serious? Yes, yes. Could you so, put in, like, a, what's that called, a gate? Yeah, he's saving money on a gate by just not doing proper maintenance. Gate, I get it. The That's gate's fine. A, the gate's a good idea. But, no, I just like keeping it all shaggy. And, plus, if the tax 
guy shows up to evaluate the property. Right. You haven't done I, any improvements. I would so rather have like a rolled car and a Confederate <laughs> flag and just, just make the A dead play. four-wheeler in the, yeah, in the pasture. Exactly. Just push that out <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just make the place look terrible. Maybe like a little barn like falling over on itself. Yeah. Leave yeah. all that right there at the first 10 feet of the driveway and then come through to Shangri-La. If you have a gate, the tax assessor can't get up anyways. Unfortunately, anyway. they got a drone now and they can see. I was going to say, they do, they, they'll they do know. an aerial they flight. He's going to have camo tarps out there next year putting it over his stuff. He's going off the grid. All right, that's enough about me. All right, so uh, is it time to to grind some gears? Yeah, I got no gears to grind. Your 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 gears are freshly meshed. He ground them in the pre-show. I did. I did. I did. Subscribe on Patreon. Thank you. All right, Gabe. So what uh, what's kind of an extra grind for you this week? What uh, what what's new and exciting in the world of things that piss Gabe off? It's not an extra grind. It's it's been driving for what eighty years. However long people have been driving, nobody knows how to park and. this came to me because I drop my daughter off and pick her up a lot now from preschool. Coming from the guy who goes back backwards in the Taco Bell. But anyway, all right. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's different. With precision and efficiently. <laughs> he knows how to drive. Because I know what I'm doing. And get his chalupa on. I'm driving so. on the wrong side of a vehicle with a manual backwards through a drive-thru. These people can't even park in a space. When you're driving right-hand drive, do you get tacos or do you always get burritos? What? I'm just saying, can you, can you eat a taco and drive a stick shift on the right-hand drive? I don't drive, eat while I drive. Is that the question? Yeah. You, no, okay. right. he's classy get, that way. Yeah. <laughs> See, that, that I'm not that. Remember, skilled. this is also the guy who was photo photo bombed at uh, at Burger King with a Supra when he first got it too. I that mean, was you, hilarious. You are the king of the fast food, in Morton. Remember yeah. that? The kid oh. jumped out of the drive-thru and ran over and took a picture of the car and went back and got in his friend's car It was like again. the first Super sold. I mean, when our Super came off the truck, he bought it, and he, went to, he must have went to Burger King that night on the way home. It wasn't the same night, but it was quick, a week <laughs> yeah. or two. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, si- segue, side, <laughs> sidetrack, whatever you want to call it. Get it's back fine. to parking problems. Right, right, so yeah, it's so. not even like, oh, I don't get in the lines good. Like, literally, it's a small lot, and everybody's coming in and going out at the same time, and I'm constantly behind vehicles that are coming in to park, and I want to park at the very end so I don't get door dinged and I move over on the lines a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I swear, eight times out of ten, the person in front of me who goes to park in the spots with me doesn't even pull through to the spot in front of them. They would rather pull in, I drive around them, have to reverse to back up in front of them and block them. If they just pull in, I can pull in, everything's fine. It's a very simple process is what you're saying. But it's not even like driving knowledge. It's common sense. Like, where, where has the common sense gone? Have you gotten gas at Costco lately? Where yes. it's like the whole pull forward, pull up to the next one. It's yes. Just, yeah. And that's... the fact that the, the, they actually, the pumps work on both sides of your vehicle if it's super busy and people just refuse to do it because you won't. can pull it over. Yeah. 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 Even though there's giant signs that tell you. There's just, I think the self-driving car is going to fix a lot of problems. It's going to take a lot of the fun away, but I think that's just a you know foregone conclusion. But I really think that a lot of these little nagging problems of people just being people, that'll go away. It'll never end, Daryl. <laughs> They'll find some other way to annoy. <laughs> exactly. They'll do something other, some other dumb thing. They're talking about direct messaging between these autonomous cars where you can actually ping other Tesla drivers or whatever. So it's just <laughs> going to be new levels of annoying, Daryl. <laughs> it's kind of like when you could uh, like message people from seat to seat in an airplane. How right. creepy is that? Like, right. I'm on a 37B. Yeah. You up? <laughs> <laughs> you out? <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> That's gross. All right, well, fair enough. Um, bottom line is just... Do the right thing, park normally, and be respectful. Uh, the only reason I can kind of sympathize with this is I, I picked uh, we, my wife and I picked our niece up from daycare once, once, and I had like a little <laughs> meltdown. I'm like, I'm going to stay in a car 
because this parking lot is a joke. Try doing it three times a week. I, you, you should get a medal for yeah. that. There's no way. I literally pulled her across the field behind my house in a sled a couple times in the <laughs> Just snow. Just to make it easier? So I didn't have to go park. Your, your, car, could, your car of the week could solve this problem. Well, Actually. It, legally... I can't solve it with any car. I could drive any of my cars across the field. I'm talking about just driving over the people and their children. <laughs> Again, legally. It doesn't solve the issue. <laughs> All right. That's a one, it's a one shot, but I'm saying it could solve it for a day. I can solve any problem one time. One time. And then I'm out. And then, and then we're out of here. All right. I'll keep mine short here. The only thing I have is uh, folks selling old cars. I'm seeing a, a rash of stuff come up, usually in the spring or in the fall, whenever someone gets stuff out of storage or wants not to put something into storage, they want to sell it. So they'll put like, you know, 1949 Dodge for like, you know, 1200 bucks. No motor, no trans, no nothing. It, somebody's already stripped a lot of the good parts off and it's like, you know, you know price $1,200 firm or it goes to scrap next week. You know, like it's a veiled threat. You know, it's like, uh, okay, but have you seen scrap metal prices lately? It, it's not very good. I don't do a lot of scrapping. In fact, I hate doing it because... <clears throat> I just hate driving into yeah. a scrapyard and getting nails in my tires. That's why I borrowed Eric's truck when I took mine. <laughs> <laughs> but scrap scraps way down. So the, the days of getting a thousand dollars for a piece of junk, yeah. especially one that's like mostly rust, those are over. You know, if someone offers you four or five hundred bucks or something for your your garbage to use as a parts car, fantastic. But I love the I, I just I love reading the ads. If you don't like the price, you can go. Blankety blank. And I'm like, okay, all right. Blankety blank. <laughs> Effingham yourself. You can, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just just take the offer, man. Effington. And also clean up your yard because your yard's gross. Uh, not yours, Eric. But let's talk about what could be in, in your yard here. We're, we're in our next segment here that we like to call Cars, Cars of, of the, the Week. It's W-E-A-K, because it's not just a car of the week. It's actually our weak-mindedness. It pulls us into these black holes of the Internet. It sucks us in looking at old 1985 Isuzus. (laughs) (laughs) This week it did. Uh, But it also drags up Jaguar V12s and all kinds of weird stuff. It doesn't matter if it's Craigslist. It doesn't matter if it's Facebook Marketplace. Bring a trailer. Where else can we go? Barn finds. Does, does Craigslist still exist? I think it does. 13 it's, random Facebook groups Daryl can invite you to. Just ask true. him. Yeah, Malay's I Motors. I did. Anyway, so every week, every day, every hour, every minute of the day, you might find Daryl Scott perusing one of these sites. Possibly myself. I know Gabe Casey from now from what I see on it's Messenger. It's a sickness. All it the is time. a sickness. We're browsing these cars. We're looking for them. We would buy these cars in an instant. If we had the capital, we're not entrepreneurs like some people. Gabe Casey should have about 38 of these cars based on his, his selections I see. But every I choose night. a wife. Yeah. <laughs> Smart man. But he chooses a wife. And ultimately, our better halves usually stop us. Thank God we're not single guys because we would have a lot of cars like the ones we have here this week. So, Eric, why don't you kick us off here? What have you been see, perusing? That's a fail because I actually bought something this week. You and did it's in actually, real life. I actually spent more money on something than I've spent on a car. In five or six years, this, what, what's your what's your average rate for buying a car? Our Prius was like fourteen thousand. Nice. Right. It was used. It's fair. It's fair. And my Tundra, I spent twenty thousand on. Okay, it was used, but uh, but, but this is not a it's not a Toyota. It's a four wheel drive. I got a four wheel drive diesel, with manual auto, or automatic auto. transmission. It's not a Land Cruiser. No, it's got uh, two PTOs. <laughs> so that might be a hint. And it does have a bucket. It's a Yanmar tractor. 
Uh, it's a three-cylinder diesel. She puts out a whopping 23 horsepower. Oh, yeah. And it's a 324, baby, four-wheel drive. Got that solid front axle. Uh, looking forward to run this thing. We, I had a conversation with Jake Irish. and the, You know what? I should not have been Monday night out with Jake on Donnie's 35th birthday party talking about tractors. Because the next thing you know, he bought a John Deere with a Yanmar in it. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay. And he told me, oh, it's 0%. Right now is the best time to buy. You're not going to get the 0% forever. And then, you know, inflation, these tractors prices go up. They can't resupply them. So I, I look on Facebook Marketplace, and sure enough, there's a $15,000 tractor there. I'm like, well, 84 months, 0% APR. Huh? You know, they baited me on that because you couldn't get the 84 months with zero without putting money, oh. putting $1,000. I'm like, well, what's the difference? If I pay the $1,000 now, whether I pay the interest. So yeah. I took, but we took 84 months, 209 payment. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. That's so now awesome. I, got, I got a tractor. So now my little... My little 1985 Kubota four-wheel drive diesel tractor, all manual that I never trusted anybody on because it didn't have a roll bar. I wouldn't let the kids drive it. My wife couldn't figure it out. And it usually didn't start unless the block heater was on it and you turned the glow plug on for 10 minutes. Is, is it for sale? It's going to be for and sale. And the horse pulled it down the hill and, and then kicked no, the clutch she, in. <laughs> yeah, right? And it makes all kinds of noises when it's in neutral. You always kind of wonder about the gearbox on it. But I paid 3000 for this thing 12 or 15 years ago. And it's still th- kicking. I think I might be able to get more for it right now than I paid for it back then. And I've done nothing but change the oil on it. The so, tire's good? Yeah, the tires are the same tires that were on it when I bought it. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> Put it out there and I see take what that happens. back. I replaced the two front tires because yeah. they were getting a little baggy. So, yeah. yeah. But, no, the two rear tires, those gigantic things, I can't imagine. You know. So you actually have, a, in real life, purchased a new, quote-unquote, vehicle. I have. I'll it's a vehicle. vehicle. I mean... It's not road legal, but it does have that orange triangle. So technically, I could take it on the road, right? I bet we could get it plated. <laughs> <laughs> farm it's use, pro- it's, farm use only. It's probably legal to drive around in Green Valley or Delavan. Probably. Yeah. So what? What are the plans for it? I mean, you got to redo uh, so, your entire driveway, you know, or I, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> my wife already said, oh, "Let's get a load of gravel." Because you know what I'd normally do if she got a load of gravel, I'd have to rent a bobcat. Don't have to rent a bobcat now. I got a bucket. Beautiful. Now the biggest thing was for me, she's constantly getting horse manure and stuff like that she's got a bucket she throws it in in the back of the four-wheeler and then takes it down to the the farmer's field and then hits the little lever and drags that wagon through there so she can spread around if she knew how to drive the tractor and do the bucket i think she'd be a lot happier and she could actually kind of scoop up some of the trouble spots and all that so. sure yeah that's really for your wife oh yeah 100 percent. i'll mow i'll mow with it but uh, i mean the plan for me is just really to make it easier for her to do once my daughter went to college you know, yeah, she's having to work twice as hard. And I can tell you, once my son leaves the house and I have to mow, yeah. I'm gonna be working twice. Hard. There's, like, a, there's a lot getting... of issues happening with my child labor laws. You know, <laughs> the confluence of that. You're like, Dude, I'm getting got, a new tractor. We got, we got problems. Wow. Anyway, right, so yeah, I bought something. I cheated. I no, lose. no, I lose. Hey, that's fine. That's but fine. it's. I can tell you, you guys kick the crap out of me this week because you got two cool cars well sooner or later one of us has to actually buy something in real life i just wouldn't have wouldn't have imagined to be a tractor but that's (laughs) fine i actually went to the other end of the spectrum and i usually i'm not a huge rv fan but i chose to uh to track down 
one of my favorite RVs besides the old Airstream trailers. I love those. But this is a 1977 GMC Palm Beach Edition 26-foot motorhome. It's on gmcrvforsale.com. <laughs> of course, there's a website for it's that. A, it's a great website, isn't it? <laughs> wow. And do, you, do you cruise that site, or how do no, you find no, that? No, never. Okay. I've got an app. No, uh, $22,000. <laughs> this thing's out in Arizona, and it's the green. The Palm Beach Edition was like the, the tritone green with the gross green interior. Very 70s. Uh, kind of avocado green. And ever since I saw the movie Stripes when I was a kid, oh yeah, Harold would... Ramis, Bill Murray, you guys remember Stripes, right? Yeah, this was the, the missile-launching uh, West Germany vehicle. Right? It was. The East German. The EM-50 yeah. urban assault vehicle. Yeah. And I, I just love how these things look. Uh, oh, you have written <laughs> Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff here. Yeah, so I will, I'll spare everyone the details. It's called being prepared, Eric. Yeah, sorry. I'll, <laughs> I'll spare the details. But those things were cool. They were front-wheel drive motorhomes made of fiberglass, super lightweight. It's essentially an Oldsmobile Tornado drivetrain. And then, like, the tandem suspension, all that other stuff was built by GMC's bus and truck division. So really kind of a neat little thing. Very 70s vibe. And this thing, actually, it's in Arizona, so it's clean. And only 84,000 miles. So it's ready for a few more trips to, uh, you know, wherever you want to go. Um, Twenty-two grand is a little steep for my blood. But if you see a cheap RV, chances are you don't want it. Uh, my wife likes to call any old used RV a "quote unquote" fart box <laughs> because she says that they all they all the old RVs smell like farts, and I can't blame her there. But I think this one probably does not smell like farts, so I'd, I'd spend that. So I just watched Nomadland. Right? That we yeah, talk about, I talk about in the pre-show. pre-show. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's on Hulu right now, and it's uh, Francis McDormand in that uh, documentary. Kind of, a, it's a fiction movie, but it's basically a lot of true life characters living out of their vehicles out west. And uh, this would be the way to do it, Daryl. I mean, there's really. enough square footage. Yeah. I think you and the wife could actually be in separate areas of the vehicle and even not even know you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's the way you have to do it. You got to get a, something that's big. You can't do one of those, uh, one of those scamps, no, like little tiny cutesy trailers. <laughs> no, you know? yeah. If we fold this down, we can have a sink. And if yeah. we fold this down, we'll have the, the toilet. That will never work with two people. No, my, my old boss had an A-liner, and I think they're great, but I'm also 6'4", <laughs> or 6'5", <laughs> whatever I am. And I'm like, was like, well, they do make a bigger one. The regular ones are like 1,700 pounds. They're real light to pull. But it, it, and it's a hard-sided trailer, so you, can, you, know, yeah. you won't get eaten by a bear if you go out west. But at the same time, it's like, I get claustrophobic. There's no way. I'd wake up in the middle of the night screaming because, you know, the roof is right here. Yeah, bang your head off it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I, did, I did that in that trailer that, uh, that when I was out in Colorado last year. Oh, yeah. I was in that wedge trailer, and I slept it, my head down towards the end of the wedge. And one night, bam, just knocked my head. I got up there like, where am I? It was, you know, yeah. That got me. Not good. Not good. <laughs> but I think Gabe has me beat here because Gabe actually is bringing out the heavy artillery. And I say that because he's got a beautiful picture of what appears to be a fire engine. Gabe, what do you got here for your pick? I mean, it used to be a fire engine. I wouldn't like to use it as a fire engine. No? Uh, but no. It's I, got I ladders. It does. And it has <laughs> shoot guns with the water. I don't know. I, I didn't have to go far because I was looking at vehicles all week. We were messaging. <laughs> yes. Daryl and I were annoying Eric to death. It oh, was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Daryl tried to sell me a vehicle. Like this it, was, it was a week. <laughs> this I'll true. tell you what. I went and looked at that V12 Jaguar. Almost did bought you, it. Did you? I went and looked at it. I drove it. Where was it at? It was in Metamora. Okay, not too far away. Yeah. 89, the, 88. The red one? It was a 1990 uh, XJS with the V12 red, and they had modified it by putting a marine battery pass-through in the trunk. So they cut into the metal of the trunk and put like a plastic 
plug in it Why'd so you could that? plug into a battery tender because the battery's in the trunk, like a oh, Volvo. Okay, okay, okay. So they, because they never drove it. It's got 47,000, 48,000 okay. miles on it. So put, okay, put a deep cycle yeah. on it. And, and if it was in better shape, oh, I was walk, I had cash in my pocket, what was Darryl. What was wrong with it? Nothing. Well, Ran and drove. If, you said if it was in better shape. So if it didn't have the hole in the trunk. And it that was, was a little bit, little bit cleaner because yeah. okay. it looked cleaner in the pictures. Okay. I offered the guy five grand. But oh, he so had you, some, so, I, I made an offer. Okay. But he had somebody else coming after me. Yeah. And he was like, well, I was like, yeah, totally. You know, if you can get more money. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that guy. You're you know? not that serious. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. great if it happens. Probably better if it doesn't. Right, right. <laughs> My <laughs> wife will be thrilled. So he got six grand for it after I left. Yeah. But I, I literally just looked at my marketplace save vehicles to find my vehicle of the week because I've been perusing so much. And like two or three you were actually sold. save vehicles? Yeah. This, so this was on my – I didn't my, know you could save them. I didn't, I, I didn't know that either. I just started. All right. I'm going to go to marketplace right now. I'm going to do that. So I found a 1989 Amortex fire truck uh, for six grand, but it was over in Iowa. And this thing looks like an Unamog, and it looked – it's a beast. It's a four by four. It's got a Detroit diesel with an automatic transmission. And the, if I got some, got my hands on something like this, you just you chop the rear end off of it. You put in like a nice camper. You could go off roading. Oh, yeah. Go overlanding. You could yep. do you you paint it like a menacing black. Save beautiful. I, I found an 06 Cadillac XLR in Peoria. Really? And I just saved it. I don't Look. know why. The problem I'm going to have now that I save this is. Zuckerberg's going to think I want Cadillacs. So You're going to be served up. Yeah. He's getting hour. algorithms right now, folks. But I taught him something. Technology. <laughs> Thank right? you. Technology. The more you know, the little rainbow. <laughs> no, what's cool about this is it, it looks like, we were joking earlier, it, it looks like the, the types of airport fire trucks. You see the foam yes. trucks? Because it has that, uh, I don't know what you call it, like steep angle on the front so it can approach. It's got the yeah. approach angle, man. Approach and descent angle, mm-hmm. for sure. Super cool looking truck. There's like a military truck that looks like this too, like yeah. Oshkosh makes or something like that, or Stearns. Yeah, some, exactly. Some ballistic missiles. And they, act, they actually have viewports in the driver's area, so you can look down below the vehicle by Let's your feet. It. Oh, it's really neat, cool. Neat, neat. But yeah, no, it would be a fun vehicle. It sold in less than a day. So I actually talked to my wife today, and I was Are like, you serious? Look, if one of these comes up again, I'm probably going to buy it. <laughs> six, six grand. I, I always equate this. This is like a terrible thing to, to think about, but that's like a, that's a vacation to Vegas. That's nothing. Six grand. I've seen people spend worse on but worse. Those, those old military trucks, they would always go for five and $6,000, right? And it, it, why would people get rid of them? Cause just because of wheel bearing they couldn't handle or the I think needed overhaul? Yeah. Or, when, re- when regular folks buy stuff like this yeah. and they're not familiar or they don't have the money to take it to a, a, like a truck mechanic, like an actual heavy equipment mechanic, yeah. th- trying to do anything in your driveway with something like this is like not funny oh, at God, all. Oh, God, no. And yeah. there's a guy I follow. He's on YouTube. It's called like Bus Mechanic or something like that. And all he does is repair stuff for people who are – they buy an old school bus or an old truck, something like this, and they'll turn it into an RV. I think they call them schoolies. And they'll they'll be like, oh yeah, I, I need to replace like all the airbags and the suspension or like the brake linings or you know stuff uh, cracked or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he literally goes and does all this stuff in his driveway of this huge place out in Oregon. And it's fascinating to watch. But I'm like, if you think just the weekend mechanic stuff for your your hobby car is yeah. too much, something like this, man. Ugh, just I don't even know. mountain balance those tires requires you to go to a semi truck place. Yeah, but the the beauty of a vehicle like this, and I've looked at older Land Cruisers um, that are fire trucks imported from Japan before, and sure. the amazing thing, they have no miles on them. Yeah, they have no hours sit. on them. They sit. They sit. So hopefully they've been running enough that they're in good shape, because obviously you don't want an old vehicle that's never been run. Right. But this would be 
assuming it's in good mechanical shape, amazing. Yeah. 4,300 miles in this guy. I think that's a, I think that'd be a steal. And the Detroit diesels, it, they're stout motors. You wouldn't have any problems with them. Where, where was this? It was uh, overpass Iowa City in Iowa. Okay. Yeah. And so that was the issue. The issue wasn't the money. The issue was transporting it back home and the space to work on it. You could yeah. drive it at like 40 miles an hour on back roads. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. You get the ladders out every once in a while. It's a fire how, over here. How cool would it be to have a pumper, though, and just like a hose and just blast stuff? Yeah. And you every know. time there's a riot in Morton, you're, you're called. You're like a guy. You're like a citizen militia. When like, has that ever happened? Auxiliary firefighter. Yeah, well, volunteer firefighter. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of the riots. Uh, he'll be like water canning people. That, they that literally riots. had cops off the interstate when they had all the riots in East Peoria. And they'd stop people from coming into Morton. Yeah, yeah that was the thing. <laughs> that was the thing. This is a nice. The riots of Peoria. This is a, a nice, nice town area. Yeah, community. Okay. Yeah. Home of the Pumpkin Fest. Doggone it. Yes. Dash, uh, dash burn it. You know what? This is a fantastic pick, and now I'm going to start Googling fire trucks for I sale. Kind, I kind of like – I mean, this this kind of money, I think – I mean, I could maybe pretend like – this one could really make me think in my head I could own this. Yeah. I mean, this, this one's a tease. And then something happens, and it's a, it's a big yeah. problem. But you could park it in front of your driveway and keep people away. Would you just put Arena <laughs> 309 on it and just write it off? Honestly, I want to buy a vehicle just to park out front. I've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple Model T's and stuff for sale lately. That's hey. not a vehicle. Okay, all right. Just all right. I didn't know. What you... <laughs> That's not going to get the youths in to play Fortnite or. Oh, this will. A okay. Model T. All right. All right. Yeah, you need like a like an old VW bus or something. Quirky. Well, I was looking at that Forerunner, uh, that 2015 with the orange TRD Pro with 310,000 miles on it. Yeah. I thought I could just park it, make it pretty. Yeah. That actually would work. I wonder if that guy sold that thing. I don't know. I don't think it's still online. So next episode, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sell yes. the Forerunner. Tune yeah. in next time. <laughs> Well, I think that about does it. Is there is there anything we didn't touch on that we wanted to? Or? No, I think uh, between this and the pre-show, you've got a solid three hours of entertainment ahead of you. That's right, that's right. And we want to say thanks again to uh, Gabe Casey for letting us not only come in here uh, and, and you know rope him in to do another show, but also for your your longtime support and your friendship. We appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. They only have me on, so I'll pay up my tab. That's not true, but <laughs> you can make the check out too. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thanks, everybody. And to be sure to... Sarah Scott and Angela Stahl. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Now, and uh, another shout-out, if anybody wants to learn more about your business, where can they find you? Uh, CLOMorton.com or 309arena.com. Thanks again for listening, folks. Again, Patreon supporters, enjoy that pre-show. And check us out at throwingwrenches.com so you can see sweet pictures of those race daily kills. Beautiful. We'll see you next time. Later. Thank you.